broadcasting live from the Winthrop House. You're now listening to the Safe Negro Podcast Show. house guests we are here we told you we'd be back it may be the end of season one of lovecraft country but it's not the end of safe negro pod because we have more in store for you as we promised we were going to still have some events and some cool stuff and some surprises and here's your first surprise we myself Portia Patterson Hurst and DJ Ben I mean had an incredible live zoom live podcast movie where we had mad friends over to talk shit <laughs> now yeah we talk shit but we had we had fun like we we did more than that like we went into our thoughts about lovecraft country overall our favorite characters we talked about the finale i know that everyone's on either side of that i mean we we did a lot but but it was incredible and and first before we say anything else thank you all so much for hanging with us for still being a part of this for sticking with us make sure you're still subscribed to us go through to for all nerds on your favorite podcast platform to get us and for everyone who's been hitting up our t public page that's tpublic.com slash stores slash for all nerds and that way you can get your beautiful now we is a great warrior design shirt or your safe negro pod shirt or anything else you want to Grab while you're on that thing. Um, Portia or Ben, do you have anything to say? Make sure you're following us on twitch.tv slash for all nerds so you can see all three of our beautiful faces and this amazing interview if you happen to be listening to this anywhere else. I hope you're ready for fun. I hope you're ready for belly laughs. I hope you're ready to laugh cry. It's a good episode and you're going to enjoy it. Fox Swap tells the future. all for joining i am super excited that we're doing this thank you everybody on the i don't know if i call it a panel or a board or a family i don't know but i'm just happy that the family is here again thank you for joining us this is safe negro podcast live and we are going to be talking about everything concerning the first hopefully i say first with a lot of hope in my heart but the first season of 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 lovecraft country it's myself tatiana king one of the hosts of the safe negro pod and i'm gonna ask my co-host to also introduce themselves uh it's dj ben amin the other co-host of the safe negro pod and portia patterson who's the other co-host of the, <laughs> the other other the other we also have a group of amazing people that have joined us today to chat that are going to be your live speakers today we have, um, I'm just going to say their names, and if you could just introduce yourself shortly, just, just a brief intro. We have the bouncer here. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Um, my name is, yeah, the bouncer, but also Chuck Collins. Mm-hmm. I draw a little webcomic called Bounce and drew a couple of awesome, like some awesome fan art for Lovecraft Country. Yeah, that awesome fan art DJ Ben I mean is actually wearing. If you all remember, especially people who are listening, <laughs> listen to the show, you remember that Nawi episode, Ben I mean wears that outfit religiously. Uh, <laughs> and also 
Sufi Bradshaw, who played Nawi, she actually received the merch. So thank you again so much for that, Chuck. Oh, no doubt. That's Absolutely. an honor. Yes. Uh, we also have Ty Gooden. Hey, everyone. I'm Ty Gooden. I am the contributing editor and writer at Nerdist. Um, and I had just the best time this season covering, you know, Lovecraft Country and just everything that happened from all sorts of perspectives. So I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you so much. We also have Regine Sawyer. Regine, what up? Hey, hi. Um, I'm the writer publisher at Lock It Down Productions, and I'm also the coordinator and founder of the Women in Comics Collective International, Wink for sure. And I'm so happy to be here. I've been riding and dying with the Safe Negro podcast since, <laughs> since the beginning of Lovecraft <laughs> Country. So I'm here for it. I'm here for everything. Fire, fire. We also have a tag team here with Rod and Karen from the Black Guy Who Tips. Hey, hey everybody. How y'all doing? Thank you for having us. Yes. And uh, we're co-host of a comedy podcast, and we also do a little bit of uh, Lovecraft recapping, too. So mm -hmm. thank you for having us. And rounding out, we have the Nicole Hill. Nicole, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Uh, um, I'm Nicole. I covered Lovecraft Country for a week. Um, and yeah, I, I've had a blast uh, covering the show. I still, I'm still living in that world in my head, so I'm like really happy to be here. Thanks so much. And also, the Blur Girl will be here shortly. Uh, we, we'll introduce her in a moment when she gets in. But let's just start it. Um, Josh is shaking his ass. Let's remove him. <laughs> I will say that I expected at least one person to kind of come here and bomb the Zoom. But now that we got a little ass shaking, let's get into the details. What did y'all think of this season of Lovecraft Country? Just overall, now that you've seen all 10 episodes, what are your thoughts? Anybody speak up? I think this. Oh, sorry. No, um, no, man. <laughs> yeah, I thought the seat I, I love I love the whole season as a whole. Um and I think that so many of those episodes stand out like you can put them on and just like relive them and they will always have something new and something fun. Um I don't think I was happy with the ending personally, mm -hmm. but I still think it was it's not like Game of Thrones where like I would never revisit this again because this is so bad. <laughs> I think it's more like, oh, we could have did something different and it would have hit harder but i think I, I mean to me it's so many episodes i could just drop on like i am and completely just put on it and like you don't have to have any kind of connection to the show and i think that's what's cool about it because i i know people who pop in and out are scared of horror but they're like i'll watch that i love that episode and i'm like to me that's what's really cool about like just the episodes that you can just kind of put on and let people experience even if they're not into the show or like into horror absolutely absolutely chuck you had you were going to say something no, I was just sighing because the whole the whole show is one long sigh. Every really? Week. Yeah, I mean, not in a in a bad way. It was it was more like it was a lot to process, and you know, I, I'm I'm assuming that this is all spoiler free, so we can just go. Oh. And that's another, I'm sure everyone listening uh, has seen the show. You will be spoiled. We're not we're not you know giving you a a leg up on that. So. Um, I felt that the season was great, but the last episode felt rushed. It felt mm. like it felt like <laughs> the writers and everybody else running the show was like, "Look, we we don't know if we're gonna be here season two. If we're gonna even have a season two, let's try and round everything up, and we don't have any more episode slots." If I think if if the if it was like 
two or three episodes till the final season, mm -hmm. we would have had a well-rounded story. But overall, I wasn't dissatisfied at all with the whole thing. I, I really liked it. Okay, I'm hearing the similar sentiment like from you, from online. Throughout the week, everyone's kind of been saying the same thing. Pretty much they've enjoyed it, but this, that last episode, something's off to them. Does, does anybody want to speak about what it was about the last episode that you had a problem with, the finale episode? Oh, can, can yeah, I we can, chime in just yeah, real quick? Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, we loved it we, from beginning to end. <laughs> yeah, we loved like, everything about it. it, was, it uh, there were some things that... Um, with the two spirit, you know, I don't think that that was handled properly, right. but you Agreed. know, overall, I actually liked it. And I like, I'm coming from somebody who, who was a blank slate. I didn't know anything about it. Never heard of it before. So my perspective would probably be different from people that may have more background in it. But for me, mm -hmm. as far as the storytelling and what they told, I actually enjoyed the story every week and what they told me. Yeah, and I, I loved it as well, like, from beginning to end. It felt like they took a lot of something that was very finite, you know, Black life in the 1950s and segregated Chicago and America mm -hmm. and made it infinite. And uh, they touched so many genres. You never knew what the show was going to be every, every episode. It was almost like an anthology, but in one season. And uh, even the final episode, the biggest concern that I saw before the final episode was that they were going to have all these loose narrative strings. Yeah. And it's like, they didn't, they, they like, they tied things up pretty neatly um, and accomplished that in a great way. And of course I know we can spoil mm -hmm. um, that ending with D uh, never thought I'd see that on TV ever. I don't know how they like the writer's room well, must have been like that. <laughs> they must have just slid that script over and been like, let's just see what they say. Cause let's let's just see what that happens. That was amazing, dog. That was like how everyone wanted to get out the end. We call we call her the D1000 after Terminator. So <laughs> before we get into that next question, I just want to one introduce Kara Mahorn, the blur girl. She is here. If you just want to introduce yourself real quick. Hey everybody, I'm Kara Mahorn, aka the Blur Girl, just content creator. Um <laughs> hi, it's Doug waving at me. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, just a. Uh, I am uh, a contributing editor, to Sci-Fi Wire. Also founded theblurgirl.com. Yeah. I also have the weekly live show on Twitch, The Blur Girl Live. And I'm just basically, I tell everybody, I am sort of parked at the intersection of geekdom and diversity. Um, but this show, this show, this show. <laughs> Uh, and just a reminder, uh, besides the speakers here, everyone else will be on mute. There will be opportunities where we will unmute you if you uh, to ask audience questions, but also. The chat room is there. So if you have any comments, whether you agree, disagree with what we're saying, we're going to also be asking questions within the comments. So please chat along with us and listen in. Uh, so back into the next question that, that everyone keeps hitting on, that last episode, the finale, uh, a lot of people had questions about how it went down, particularly with D. Um, I personally loved it. Um, D is me. And when she got to that point, I was just like, look, she had gone through so much in a short period of time. And really it came down to her realizing she had to take matters into her own hands. She was finally getting this point where she now knew what was going on. Um, and she was enabled literally and figuratively uh, with that, with the, the D1000 hand. And, and um, for some people it was a, a bad change in her personality, but to me it made sense. I think, honestly, I personally think it made a lot of sense. I had issues with the finale, but that was not one of them. I thought Dee's mm -hmm. character was perfectly rounded. I also think, as a lot of people saw on Twitter, 
I came to it late, but I got there. I mean, I D this D first of all, grew throughout the shows. You grew from being innocent to seeing the things around her, to realize that that as a little black girl in this country, she is not going to be protected, but she had to protect herself. I also think that her mother brought her to a parallel universe to get her that arm. And it was at that time that I personally think that it was D not beyond say that's the garnet looking woman yes. that was the person with the, with the metallic arm that gave tick the book. So I think mm-hmm. the D that we saw in that, uh, I, I, I think the D that we saw in the, the back end of that show, the very end was upon thinking about it, same D from the same universe that we saw in the beginning, but she traveled and she knew, knew more. And she knew that in the future, according to the book that Tick's son wrote, that these people weren't going to learn. So when she said they ain't never going to learn, it wasn't just about white people. It was about the adults. Like, so that's why they, she gave the double tap and I'm not mad at her for it. I love the double like tap. She was just emotionally done. I mean, she, yeah, I mean, she yeah. had a long few seasons and it, and not these seasons. It feels like a few seasons in some of those episodes. But the last few episodes, it was a lot going on. And we didn't even really have a clear idea of what she was going through mentally as she was in this sort of cursed-induced coma. So mm-hmm. God only knows what she was seeing, what she was going through. And as I was listening to Karima speak, I started thinking about perhaps they kind of sent her out there. Like, okay, so, you know, you, as everyone else was like going off to you know, carry off Tick's body. Like, I think they knew that she was out there finishing the job. Yeah, for her to you be- know, like she wasn't given that arm for nothing. It wasn't just for drawing. Wait, so you're saying that they, <laughs> you think that they were like, yo, go handle your biz and do what you need to do? <laughs> I mean, like, and they just walked away. Like, yes. Do, do what fits well in your spirit. <laughs> no, I don't think it was that at all. I think, no, I don't think it was that at all. I think her mother took her to the future. She went and met and she was told, excuse my friends, get the fuck up, learn this, do this. You're going to have to handle your business. She was taught by the Amazons. They brought her back and they, they were like, D, what do you want to do? She was like, I'm taking her out. Um, they were like, all right. <laughs> that's the convers- that's a conversation that I wanted to have to, to see happen. So it's funny. After Caramel and I saw the episode, she said the same thing. And I told her, I think that this is not even... D from our universe. I think this is an alternative university. Oh, I didn't even think about That's that. That's what I think. Because, I mean, throughout the, entire, throughout the entire series, it's always been, especially in the Hippolyta episode, it's been hinted that there are like 60 million different parallel uh, universes. So I think that something really fucked up happened in, in the, the D in the last scene mm-hmm. in her universe. So she came to ours to fix something. That's oh, what I. Oh, that, that's the whole story I'm going into my own snapped. brain. I kind of feel like she was just like, "I'm done, snap!" <laughs> like, "I'm snap, you gonna snap?" Renegade dimension hopper. Um, <laughs> I think. I think one thing that was apparent about the show from episode one, especially the ten, was this idea of black female rage having to always be caged and yes. never like, and for even to be self caged. Hannah talked about the dimension where she was going back to the mansion and she kept seeing the fire she was afraid of and then she realized it was her rage and her power and she realized it was something to hand down to her future generations mm-hmm. and for them to use that as a responsibility they told letty make sure you use this book don't don't hide it like we did um and her hannah's rage and bottling it up drove her to the point where she committed suicide so 
to me, with the passage that D read in the book in the back of Woody, and with the way that D had been, you know, subjected to this heritage that Montrose brought up during the funeral for Bobo, mm-hmm. it felt like they were saying there's nothing wrong with this, with a black woman's rage, and that not only is it empowering, but it can be the solution. So her taking out uh, once and for all Christina to me felt like the culmination of the entire storyline of of saying this this there is power in this, and this is not a bad thing. And and also to add on for me, you have to think Diaz was from a different generation. And so for her mind, she was like, y'all let this shit fly. I will not. I refuse. Because when her her mother was talking about uh, her name of that star and she was like, well, mama, why don't you tell somebody what well, they know now? So it, so <laughs> so they kind of planted something in her that let you know that she wasn't like her mama. And she was like, oh, I refuse. And it's one of those things yeah. where. They left Christina alive, and she was like, "Bitch, you not. You got. You got to die because if I don't kill you, I'm I'm going to have to deal with the repercussions of you continuing to live." The fifty three percent they had to go. Karen, I'm with you because, and that's how I felt. I was just like, "Why?" First of all, I'm like, "Why didn't y'all double tap? What? what why didn't y'all finish the job?" Like, it's kind of obvious. Like, like the the villain always rises again. So it, it just made sense to me that she had to come and and, and as a kid, why you got to clean up after the adults? But whatever. Yeah, I, I was one of the people that didn't love it mainly because they they left options like they have the bloggers right there, and I'm thinking he about to become savage, or she's just gonna be looking like, damn, hate that for you. Like that to me would have been equally like that shit would still would have been powerful, but it wouldn't have made her um, have to go all the way. And I feel like, of course, the show is very much about like her losing her innocence, but I also think there are levels to things, and like, um. I don't know. For me, I was like, yeah, this is cool. But like her first thing that she does with her like arm that we know of is like she kills somebody like she doesn't make art. She doesn't do any of the things that like were a part of who she was. And it's like, oh, I'm going to be a- the first thing I'm going to do with this is like, I'm about to rape this woman neck. And that to me was just like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it felt to me more like a lazier choice than to, to have somebody else do it. And also, I'm like, of all the people, it should have definitely been Lady. Like she just killed your sister. Like. That's fresh rage. Like, you just had a fight with her not 20 minutes ago. And you're going to leave her here to just, like, no. So, to me, it was more like y'all just didn't want to, <laughs> like, in a way, I feel like they don't ever want to dirty Letty's hands, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. she's kind of presented as a pure person. Like, she's never the one that really has to do the thing. And, um, like, even, like, with Gia, like, Letty there, she's reciting the, 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 not the scripture, Lord, um, the spell, <laughs> but, but like other people are doing the things. And I'm always like, why does she get to just remain unsullied? And then the kid, the child, the youngest person, the person that should be protected is the one that has to like clean up after all of them. Like, I have a question. I don't know. Oh, that was actually, I have a question. Nicole. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, um, Go ahead, Ben. Go ahead, Ben. Cause I think you're going to ask the question I'm going to ask you. <laughs> yeah. I, I would also say, well, I know, I know what question you're going to ask and you yeah, can yeah. ask that next, but, yeah. um, I would say that I don't feel like Letty is unsullied at all. I feel like I she mean, one, died. She, thank you. She <laughs> takes a hot one to the gut. Like it's very no, but I mean know, that's not that's not it's, her action though. It's an it's, action that happens to her. But when it comes okay, to but that she the same does, time, she never has to do things that um, make her explicitly I, bad. I mean, that's how I, I mean. I just see her as kind of protected in that way. Not that she doesn't get touched, but that she never has to herself perform okay. an exorcism. Uh, 
let me ask you a question. The exorcism, she yeah, the exorcism, but also when she was in the tomb doing the, the whole Tomb Raider, swimming in the water, grabbing the the scroll. Do you don't think that makes her part of the or dirty? No, but that's what I mean. That's a heroic thing to do, right? Like anybody. Oh. I mean, like that's cool. I'm like I'm a hero. I'm out here like. Oh, so you're saying things like outright killing? Yeah, no, I'm saying like yeah, like every, like really gets to be like. A lot of people can read her as a villain, right? A lot of people can read, a lot of people do read Tick as the villain. A lot of people read Macho as a villain. Everybody else has moments where they are very clearly like meant to be played as like ambiguous. Mm. But she's really rarely put up to have to like challenge that. She's almost always like the doing the good thing. She's always the hero, which is fine. But there is like when there are a lot of other people around you that don't get that um that same treatment, then it becomes the question of like, why does she get to well, I think she has a couple of moments. She has, she definitely has a couple of moments of being betrayed as bad, where yeah. especially with her family, you know, the fact that she doesn't come home from her mom's funeral, she borrows money from her family, she doesn't pay it back. She only shows up to be nice to uh, Ruby when she mm-hmm. gets this money from this white woman and says it's for mama's inheritance. <laughs> and Ruby calls her out on it every time, which is like, yo, you only nice to me when you need some shit. Facts. Whenever you don't need something. I mean, that's in the script. That's right there. And then mostly for me, uh, the deal she makes behind Tick's back and everyone's back with Christina handing her the pages yeah. uh, from Titus's book um, and getting the mark of immortality for herself. I mean, Montrose even calls her out on that. So I think she does have some dubious things. It may not be as bad as other people, but she definitely makes some dubious moral decisions throughout the uh, 10 episodes. Yeah, also, I just, yeah. just want to add on to what you just said, Rod. Um, she served time. We don't know what she went through when she was in prison. Mm-hmm. And I feel that if there's a season two, there's going to be a flashback, flashback memory as to what she dealt with. And I, I think, um, and it all goes back to, um, Nicole, what you were saying before. And I, and I totally feel you on that. She has not sullied her hands, but I think because the way they built her character, she can't afford to go into that dark place. Yeah. Because she's been... Everybody has been met Montrose, Tick. Everybody's all going through some kind of craziness. And she's yeah. the only one. I feel like she's like us. She's the audience. She's the one thrown into the situation and just being like, how am I going to deal with this with the experiences that I have? So uh, that's my take on it. Those are valid points. Um, as to everyone who's watching, as we continue this discussion, you'll see polls pop up. We did put a poll out about half you answered. How do you feel about the ending? Most of you said fantastic, followed by a bunch of people saying that we need a second season. So continue on to share your thoughts in the chat room. We will eventually ask someone to ask or ask a few people to ask some questions as we continue to talk. So we we, we talked about the ending. You know, we talked about how we felt about the decisions that were made. We talked about Letty, but let's go into Ruby, Ruby real quick, because I know that's another huge character that question. Uh, well, see, I don't even know if I'm going to ask that question. Okay, let me ask this question to everybody. Do you, and tell me why you think yes or no. Is Ruby dead? Oh, that wasn't the question. No, but that's the question. No, <laughs> we, no but we saw she oh. wasn't dead. She can't wear her skin if she's dead. She's got to be in a comatose state. They've No, she's not dead. No. Do you know, there's a quite a bit of people who believe that she's dead. And maybe that's just because they just listened to they weren't what attention. Christina said, and they l- ran with it, but... I think the reason why I bring that up is because I want that to be cleared up to everyone who listens to the show, everyone who's watching here in the Zoom. I think that's important to note that note. 
to note that point, Ruby is not dead. Does every is everyone in agreement on that? Yeah, I think because they spent all season functionally calling William and Dale dead. Yeah. Um, even though they were technically comatose and being kept alive on, in that basement by uh, Christina. I think that's why people was like, yeah, she's dead. But I'm like, first of all, they have the book now. Uh, and second of all, we get this second season. They got to bring Bay back, man. You can't have a second <laughs> season without Ruby. Come on, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Ben, I mean, ask that question. Well, I got to ask it. You got to uh, ask it. F it. Um, does, just to put this out, out there, and I've seen this reaction on a few different levels, but do you think that Lovecraft Country has a problem with darker skinned LBGTQ characters? I guess it's both of those two, right? Yeah. Those should those be two different those. questions. Okay, well, let's yeah. start with the first one. Do you feel that uh, Lovecraft Country has a problem with darker skinned characters? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, po- I wrote, I wrote an article about it, and I uh, there it is. Um, it, there is one primary light stand person on the entire cast, which is when you make that kind of casting choice, it's still a decision. Like you're like, oh, I want to highlight all these brown skin actors, but then you hire a light skin actress and don't in any way address the fact that she is fair skinned, most likely biracial. Like everybody I know read her as biracial. Like I'm assuming she has a white dad. We're all thinking, oh, her dad is probably in a lodge. He probably one of these magical folks. Like everybody has all these theories thinking like. Her whiteness or her lightness is going to play into the dynamics in some way, shape, or form, and it never does. Um, and even like her relationship with Ruby is framed as like, "Oh, you're flighty. You're like our mom. You like chase after you know, you chase after me. You do what you want. And you're not responsible." But it's also clearly like Ruby's entire arc is about getting access to spaces that she can't get because she's a black woman. She's a darker woman. She's a heavier woman. Letty can probably go get that job, right? Without before they even start hiring color people, she could probably just walk in. And she's close enough. Right, that she could probably get that job, and I'm thinking to myself, well, this is clearly a really good place for this storyline to go, and they don't touch it at all. And then when asked about it, <laughs> Misha Green said, "Oh yeah, we know we cast a light-skinned person. We talked about colorism, but we didn't think it was important to tell in the story." And to me, that's like, I'm—I mean, I'm not light-skinned, but I'm not super dark-skinned. I'm in the middle, but I've been compared to lighter people to the point where it's like, oh, you're not pretty like this person because they're lighter, right? And I know that like, Misha Green is not like you. So I don't know. It just felt to me like you didn't want to make your actress uncomfortable maybe by addressing it. And you didn't really know how to um, approach it in a way that didn't feel like you were um, accusing light-skinned people. I think that was a fear of like accusing light-skinned people of something. And, uh, and therefore, they just completely ignored it. But to me, because the whole cast is brown or skin or dark skin, and you put these in all these situations, like you have Letty in a fire untouched right this whole house full of people these are all brown skin darker skin people are burning right somebody has had to have like the thought like okay maybe we should maybe not have the light-skinned woman who is the only light-skinned person in this area survive this fire untouched like you know it was just stuff mm-hmm. like that and because they don't think about the optics of it, it it to me was like it got worse and worse over time like my strange case i was like oh they are not they're just going to act like we don't realize that this is a light-skinned person in this. Like, she would just have a different... She would move about the world differently than the rest yeah. of her friends and family. And they don't address that at all. The, I mean, that's something that I definitely... Curious. I'm sorry. Did they notice in the book what complexion she is? 
Yeah, I, I yeah. definitely thought that that was something that they would touch on because, again, like Nicole said, she's literally the only light-skinned person in the narrative. And it's not necessarily that you have to focus so hard on colorism, colorism, but I feel like if you're if you're talking about racism and you're talking about sexism, colorism plays a part into that. There's going to be things that Letty is going to be able to have access to that other people will not be able to have access to. There's going to be a dynamic that could definitely form between Letty and Ruby because maybe she's treated differently for looking a certain way. And it's, it's no fault of Letty's. I mean, you can't help the skin that you're born in, right? But I mean, I could I could have totally seen them taking it where maybe that that aspect of colorism, maybe Letty does have a different father from her brother and her sister, and she's treated differently. Maybe family treats her differently, and that could play a role into it or whatever, on top of Letty being a flighty person who's like her mom. Like, you could do both. And, and I felt like they were really setting it up to possibly do both. I thought maybe her dad was going to be, you know, white, magical, you know, dude like everybody else that's white in the show. And she could have had access to, you know, certain some certain kind of power or something. But they, they really didn't go anywhere with that. And I mean, again, you've got one light-skinned person and you've got all of these darker-skinned people around them. I, I felt like it would come up at least, even if it's something that, you know, comes up, flights, you know, back and forth a little bit. I thought that it would at least come up at some point in time during the season. Uh-huh. So real quick, can I, can I, I just I just want to yeah. comment because I spoke to Shannon Houston who wrote on the show. Yeah. Okay. That's why I want to answer this question. I'm not trying to say that anybody's wrong. Mm-hmm. Nicole, I agree with you. Ty, I agree with you. I asked her point blank: Is was is is Letty mixed? Letty's last name is Lewis. Her brother's right. and sister's last name is Baptiste. The mother is the one that was friends with the Voodoo priestess. Are they Haitian? Are they Creole? Is there an issue there because somebody, you know, there was, there was an instance of rape or something? And she she said this was all acknowledged, but it wasn't like we put it on the page. We wanted everybody to see it. And some of the horror and some of the tension that's in the show is about what we don't put on the page. Yeah. That was the answer that I got. So everything you're saying is right, but I don't think they said it like, oh, we're going to basically hype up only light-skinned people. Should they have addressed it? Yes, because I do think there's, for me, I wanted to know more about Letty's family as a whole. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the point that I was making. I definitely don't think that they made it where Letty was better than you know right. everyone else. I think everybody had their different roles and stuff to play, but, but I would have liked to see them there. dig into that a, a bit more deeper because you could see that there. I'm like, there's something more than just, okay, Letty's like her mom. There, there's, there's some layers, there's some levels to this or whatever, and I would have loved to have digged into that because Letty is a character. I love her as a character. And I love Ruby as a character and I love their yeah. interactions because that feels real. Um, you know, every brother and sister is not going to have this, this wonderful relationship. And I think that's something that a lot of people could relate to, but I would have loved to have seen them just dig into that layer just a bit more. And I feel like colorism could have possibly played a role in there. Not that it had to, but it, it, it definitely would have been something that would have been open that they could have been open to exploring. Um, ben, I mean, or Portia, do you want to comment on this? Um, I just I, I I agree with what everyone is saying, and I also uh, understand what Shannon and other writers say, and that's a big thing in screenwriting is the show versus telling. And I really thought that that was brilliant that they how they handled colorism in this show, especially between Letty and Ruby. And I think a lot of people weren't prepared for Ruby because she was darker skinned to be the one who was going to appeal to whiteness or to try to you know move in that world like that. And I felt like that, you know, caused people. I think that people, like we've talked about on Safe Negro Pod, we're just getting to the point where we're seeing characters that are multidimensional who look like us. And so we're just getting there. So we're just seeing characters that we're not going to always 100% agree with. Or like. Uh, Or like. But I also disagree with the idea that Letty was more pure because Letty, 
not only does she get shot, like she says, uh, like we said, she causes the exorcism, which kills three white dudes. So that's by her hand, you know, whether like, mm-hmm. however she does it, she's also the hero. And I really appreciated that. Like, I get that, you know, like there's the idea that, and then when we, okay, if we talk about Lightstone and Darkstone, I feel like people are just ignoring Hippolyta. You know, it's like, I don't, and, and it, then we're getting into this thing, like, what is dark skin versus what's light skin, what's brown skin, what is this, what's that? And I'm like, I, it just goes back to that thing that I talk about a lot. No matter what you do, people are going to be mad and you can't appease everyone. And there's only 10 episodes and people are already saying the show is too heavy handed with its blackness. So it's mm. like, it's a very fine line to walk. But we don't know? care about those people. But it definitely should have been 13 but, episodes, though. But see, hold on. Well, I mean, that's budget. This was a 10-episode season that cost a lot of money in 10 episodes, you know, and was well spent. So, and then you can't say you, we just don't care about those people because that's also, like, that's understanding. And that's something, like I said, we're just getting to this point where we're having shows like Lovecraft Country. People like me and you, Karen, have seen the blackest of the white shows already. So we've already seen ourselves on screen because we search it out and find it. But this is one of the first shows that is black from top to bottom, black woman at top. And let me tell you, as a writer in a writer's room, to hear about that there are story editors that are black, that there are upper levels that are black, and there are lower levels that are black, it's mind-blowing. Mm. So all right, you have that. And then it's sci-fi, fantasy, and it covers racial history, all these different things. It includes you know, characters from across every gender, sexual orientation, all that. So it's not going to be perfect. But I feel like we also have to be like, yo, this is some shit right here. Instead of being like, you know, the first thing being like, well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Well, it's 10 episodes and it can't do everything. But goddamn, well, this shit did a lot. No, you're, and, and <laughs> I want to I add on to what you said, uh, Ben Amin. It's, it's true. I mean, I used to work in animation. I used to sit in a lot of <clears throat> writer's rooms. Oh my god. And it, it's <laughs> you you can't there are whole entire bibles that are created for characters. Yes. Like you know, when you're talking about from the artist side you're talking about like an entire bible just dedicated on characters just getting up in the morning and what they look like that you never see on the show. So we're talking about like having all of this stuff, and, and we have only one season to tell this story. And I think that we're not, given, we're not giving the writers a chance to actually explore these characters even more. Think about it like this. We watched Game of Thrones. First season. Lord. And I think about it. I, I, I'm, try, I'm like divided. I don't know if, if Tick or Uncle George is the Ned Stark of the Lovecraft country <laughs> universe. <laughs> George. but i'm I'm, I'm thinking i'm like we had characters in season one of game of thrones that we love and end up hating at the end of the series and vice versa see the, the 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 writers were able to do that and expand on these characters and but i i think this is a, a discussion that Cameron and i had it's like how certain black shows suffer because we don't we're not afforded the benefit of messing up and saying, okay, maybe this season wasn't good. Maybe we can expand next season. Mm. Usually we have to outperform every single show in order to just get considered for another season. So to me, it's like as if people were in the writer's room and like, look, we got one chance to get this done. We don't know if we're going to be here next year. (laughs) 
So mm-hmm. let's put in everything that we could possibly put in this show and tell a good story. That's the reason why I, I as much, I, I had a little bit of problems with the last episode here and there, but I cut it some slack because I know how production on that level goes. Mm-hmm. Right. And you won't be able to fit all that stuff into one whole season. I think we should definitely, I think that the writers were smart enough to create everything that we're talking about and put it on the sideline for a season two to expand on the characters even more, to make us fall in love with the characters even more. As much as we hate Montrose, <laughs> we may love them next season. We don't know yet. We don't know what's in store. So we got to get... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I don't know about that, baby. I just want to say that I love it. we're gonna get we're gonna get into Montrose. No, yeah, I just want to say I actually I love Lady. I don't. I actually genuinely love Lady as a character. I just feel like you can. To me, the conversation would not have to be. It doesn't have to be an episode about colorism, but it's a, mm-hmm. a nod to it. the fact that we acknowledge that it exists. There are little things that Lady does that are like, like when she calls for the waiter. Everybody I know was like, "That's white people shit." Like we don't just be. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, everybody has those thoughts. I'm like, all you have to do is have a character, somebody else, name it. Like, they name every single other type of macroaggression, microaggression. We always know what it is. Like, this is so... They put everything that's insidious and small into big, big detail, right? So, to me, you make a choice to omit this because it doesn't take much more in terms of storytelling to acknowledge it. So, for me, it's just like, having... They look at her funny, though. Like, girl, who... Like, who does this? Like, who like, is you? Why are you acting right? like you? That, but, that, like, that, there's just certain things. Like, you act... Like, how we but, say, you acting like you. Like, but I think that... People say that, right? I think what that's ben, like right there. Yeah, that's, Ben is saying a, that it's more subtle, at least. And, and and to everyone's point that... Well, to your point, Nicole, you're saying if you, you hit every other topic, why not make this more obvious or more overt? But they decide to be more covert with it. Yeah, but I was like... You, my main thing is, like, so you make a choice of what you think is important to highlight versus what you think is important to have in the background. And to me, I felt like that was with that character and that casting choice. Y'all had an opportunity to tell a compelling story using the fact that you have a lighter actress to play into the dynamics. To me, that would have made the relationship with her and Ruby more dynamic because there are levels to it as opposed to it just being one thing. But I don't, I mean, I love Letty. That's the thing. Like, I really love Letty, but I still also felt like there was a, a place where they could have done better by her and by like with her and Ruby by addressing this kind of elephant in the room. But right. I mean, everything and everybody you see else those small things, valid. you know, that you wish were different. Maybe would have liked to add it in all of that stuff like that. But I definitely think overall, cause I, I really didn't get a chance to give my thoughts earlier about the, <laughs> about the show overall. Overall, I absolutely love the show. I thought it was amazing. Tick's journey from being this person who was uh, a person who was into like this escapist type thing where he was escaping into books, running from his father, running from home, joining the military and stuff to somebody that's running straight ahead into these things. I'm going to find this book. I'm going to tap into this magic. I'm going to use it and flip this thing around and put it back on them. So that way I can uplift and grasp my family or like with Letty, my favorite, you know, scene with her was definitely when she was calling on the name of those ancestors in her house one by one. And that was the theme that ran through the whole show was them calling on the name of ancestors. Mm-hmm. And that was speaking like directly to us. Like we may not have a book of names. We may not, you know, have magic in the way that magic shows up in the show, but mm-hmm. we have that power to be able to call on our ancestors to lead us, to guide us, to teach us, for us to liberate, you know, them, for us to be able to liberate ourselves. It was things like that in that show or whatever. I was like, I, I understand that it had a wider appeal. And of course it's on HBO. You're trying to appeal to a wide audience, but there were so many elements in here that were just for us. And maybe it wasn't necessarily set up for everyone to 
understand right away or whatever. And I love that because we don't, mm-hmm. we don't get a lot of that on mainstream, you know, media at least or whatever. So it was so awesome to be able to see them do that. And the way that they just blended history, like that was my favorite part about, I guess the season overall, when I was doing some of my recaps and stuff is that I was like, you know what? I don't want to do regular recaps. I want to take it and look at it and break down some of the historical things that happened here mm-hmm. and see how, okay, this is how it played out in real life. This is how it played out on Lovecraft. And this is how everything kind of blended together. And here's what I took from that. What we, you know, what we can learn from that, how we can see how things seem to be almost working in like a cyclical type nature or whatever. So, you know, I mean, overall, of course you have, I, I don't think there's any show that anybody watches where it's like, I love everything that I saw up there. I mean, maybe people right. do, I don't know, but I mean, there was way so much more for me to absolutely love and adore about the show than the things that I didn't like. And the things that I didn't like didn't supersede my need to support it and to, you know, and to write about it and to encourage other people to watch it and to understand the importance of seeing us leading a magical show. We're doing spells where, you know, where we got, you know, we got our own monsters coming out and like defeating people or whatever. Like we're, we're the heroes of the story. We're the heroes of the story. I feel like, like when it comes to black art, a lot of times, uh, black media, um, the criticism of the show becomes about what it's not and not mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we ask uh, subconsciously these things to be everything for the community, like every type of experience, every type of issue. And I, we, but yet at the same time, we know it's impossible. Right. And yet we we hold it to that unrealistic standard and we we don't do that for everything. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, Watchmen, which is the show I love, you know what I mean? Love down. Like people just loved it. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. wasn't like less. OK, but it was propaganda. So we're not messing with it. It was like, no, nah, this is a dope show. We get it. You know, and I think maybe we kind of afford those people a little bit of slack. It doesn't mean you can't critique it. It doesn't mean they can't do better, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like when it, when the commentary becomes obsessed on like, let's say the show was an eight out of 10, we become possessed, obsessed over the two that it didn't get mm-hmm. and not the eight that it did. And that's what it feels like with some of the critique where it's just like, you know, and I know online, it kind of creates community around like, we don't like this thing. And then people kind of form on that. So maybe it just feels outsized on, uh, online. But, you know, I, I feel like for the most part, if you ask most people, even those being pretty critical, they would tell you it was a good show. You know what I mean? So hopefully we just don't get stuck on just, well, I didn't like this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important to uh, just like we talk about just from a personal perspective, you want to give the full breadth and depth of humanity, this full breadth and depth of, of art. Um, and, and as Benjamin said earlier, not you're not going to necessarily agree with everything that these characters do and say. That being said, you actually, Rod, something you said touched upon something else I wanted to ask the group here about, which is Black history, which is also American history. There were tons of Black history integrated throughout the series, including obviously the uh, the story of Emmett Till as a friend of D. Um, and, and that was very hard to, I know for a lot of people, it's very hard to watch and, and see that actually uh, be, be shown on a show. I'm not even sure if they've really from a fictional perspective, I'm not even sure if that was ever shown in this way. But what were your thoughts about the inclusion of, of people like Emmett Till and him being integrated fully into the story? Um, even real quick, you know, nods like the nod to Bessie Stringfield, the first African-American woman to uh, ride her motorcycle across the country. Like what were your thoughts about the, the black history that was injected throughout the story? 
I absolutely loved it uh, from my perspective. Because like I said, mm-hmm. I, I, I am somebody where I'm, I'm going to be real. I was bought up in an era where a lot of the black history that a lot of these wokey woke niggas act like they knew <laughs> since they was born. I didn't know. OK, I wasn't <laughs> in that group. Didn't nobody tell me a lot of shit I learned. I learned. I'm sorry. I know if I can cuss and I'm sorry. No, you can cuss. Okay. okay. A lot of things I learned, I learned as an adult. Like a lot of the things that I should have learned as a child, I learned. And I know I'm not the only one. It took me to get older to realize that I'm not the only one. And a lot of people forget that everybody Mm -hmm. was not woke with these creds to be able to quote this shit and to know it. And so instead of being like, oh, you know, here's a reference. Here's something else here. Instead of doing that, it's almost like, what's wrong with you? You didn't know. America is full of white supremacy. So the schooling I got is the same schooling the white people got. And you guess what they want white people to do to feel good. So they want me to feel good so that I won't turn around and be like, oh, y'all did something wrong with this in the whole system. There's nothing wrong with the system. They don't want you to challenge the system. So for me, I absolutely love it. I was learning things that I did not know, seeing things in a fictional format that I had never seen before. So for me, it was gorgeous and it was beautiful. And I think that it allowed people who knew things to share and for people who didn't know like me to learn these things for the first time and challenge myself and go listen to podcasts and go watch old movies and go, you know, YouTube and go acknowledge and go learn so that when it's time to do things like vote, we have a better understanding and won't be saying ignorant and stupid things online out of our lack of knowledge and lack of understanding of what our ancestors went through. Because this whole thing showed me our ancestors went through a whole lot. Like if you really want to boil it down to, to, to the roots of it, our ancestors went through a whole lot. If you go back and you look, these people died just so I could have some of the rights that I have. You know, and some of these things mm-hmm. are still implemented today across the country. There's still such thing as sundown cities and all that shit. They might not call it that, but these things still exist. Yeah, and I, I just want to say I'm not my ancestors' hands because they had the, the heater. They was red. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I would have needed a minute. I would have been in there calling now. I want help. They was <laughs> they was like, get the guns. Let's go. We ready to pop. <laughs> we shoot white people tonight. Let's go. Oh, but you know what's funny? I'm I'm really happy that they showed that. I'm really happy that they showed Tulsa before it burned. I'm really showed happy that they showed the women, the sisters that were that were out there holding it down. Because I think there's this really weird gap that's happening right now where people like there was some weird hashtag that was like, not my ancestors. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Oh, you're an it's idiot. So stupid. Because because your ancestors were holding it down. You want to know why they can't tell you about it? Because they died. Yeah. Like <laughs> they're dead. So that you could be here. So that was one, and that was one of the things that I think was great, even with the Hannah concept, you know, and Hannah living because she had that tightest blood. She didn't die because she's immortal. There was a whole bunch of stuff that her story did get wrapped up pretty well. But like, yeah, that the I love the uh, what is it, the Lovecraft Country syllabus? Yes, that that website is amazing. The Langston League does that syllabus. Yeah, and here's the thing, just like Watchmen. The fact that we are doing this, that there are people talking about it, that these conversations are happening, that people are sitting up talking to their kids, that is good storytelling. When you, you know, us saying, oh, we hate Montrose and we hate, different, we don't hate Michael K. Williams, he's the actor. But the fact that he made us feel some kind of way, like every episode, I was like, damn it, Montrose. Like if, if the <laughs> fact that's, that's good acting, that's good storytelling. Is it perfect? No. 
but that's good. The fact that we can have six or seven things and then go, you know what? I didn't like this one. I'm gonna go watch this other one. And it is a black written or black directed or, or, you know, POC created show that we, we keep yelling for having more stuff. There's nothing wrong with criticizing it. I think what we're doing, not everybody has to like it. You can have both. You can say, I enjoyed it. There's a few things I didn't agree with, but yeah, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That's not selling out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, it's not uh, at all. Go I think ahead, you have to be able to critique, but I just want to say this one last thing on it. I also feel like there's like one, like the, the beginning, there was a lot of credit given to Jordan Peele and mm-hmm. not given to Misha Green. And then when it is given to Misha Green, I've seen comparisons where people are like, Jordan Peele is just this perfection, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody's trying to do what Jordan Peele's done with this you know, social commentary and fantasy with black people. But one, Jordan's not the first. Let's not say Jordan is perfection either. You know, that truth be told. And then just like, let, like everyone's saying, let it have its chance to grow. Like let, you know, this show do, you know, this is only the first season. Like, And no, and no one's perfection, right? Isn't that the point? You know what I mean? It's like people say stuff like everyone's problematic. And then someone does something and we're like, you problematic. It's yeah. like, no, no, all of us have a thing, right? If we made the shows ourselves, there'd be another group of nine Negroes talking about it going, let me tell you what's wrong with Rod's vision. You yeah. know, uh, the thing I liked about the black history strewn throughout though, we like to us, we made it like a running joke on the show. We'd be like message, you know, if you uh, ever watch, <laughs> uh, don't be a menace. But I kind of like, I kind of enjoyed that because it was just like black Forrest Gump. You know what I mean? It was like, Oh, and they happen to run into uh, at Baldwin. It's like James Baldwin was living at y'all house. Oh, tell me about like I like that kind of stuff because it was just kind of like silly and it, like the kind of nerd I am is the kind of nerd that loves dimensional time travel. But I also do love James Baldwin, so hey, it was for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that they did some things that were very blatant. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, you're going through the Tulsa race massacre and stuff, but then you'd have those subliver things too that people could pick up on, you know, and stuff like even with Letty and her house. Um, it made me go back and start looking at stuff about redlining. Yeah. And so I got a chance to have a whole conversation with a few people or whatever and conversation with other people, just friends that watch the show about redlining and the impact that it had on Black people as far as our, you know, our wealth and, you know, our future and how we were able to build generational wealth. Small things. They never actually said the word redlining in the episode, but you knew that's what it was. And right, for people right. that didn't know that's what it was, you could, you know, definitely write about it, talk about it. And people were getting a chance, like um, like Kay said, I believe that you did know these things before. And now all of a sudden you've got this opportunity to learn things yeah. and to have access to information you didn't yeah. have before. I want to give, give Portia a chance to speak because she had some words. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that I appreciated like for Bobo that they didn't have him like a one off kind of thing. I was a little worried about that initially, yeah. like when they had him um, and the Ouija board scene, they're like Bobo, like Bobo, you're going to enjoy your t- your summer down in Alabama or in Mississippi. And they were like, no. And I was like, oh, crap. Like everyone figured out that was Bobo, that I was in Matil. And I was like, oh, crap. Like, are they going to just leave us there? And I'm glad they actually showed how um, important his like funeral was to the black community, how like, like it was them like so attended it was like 500,000 people showing up for this one open casket because his mother wanted it that way Mm. um and I'm glad they were real about it and I'm glad about the um other historical things that are kind of brought up through there and how like like Karen was saying like I um I grew up in the south so I know that like 
they didn't teach us. They weren't trying to tell me any of the stories. Like even my family, they wouldn't try to, like, I would ask them like, oh, have y'all, are there any stories in our family where somebody got lynched or anything went down or nothing? They wouldn't want to say it. They don't remember. People who did remember wasn't saying nothing. So I had no idea what had gone on in my community. My town before me had no idea. Um, And so I think um, like uh, shows like this that are showing us these different components, like um, what happened to Tim Emmett Till, like the whole story behind it. And like, also like you're saying redlining, but also like white flight, like that's how white flight happened. Mm-hmm. You, white people started moving into neighborhoods. White people were like, no, we don't want to live with those uh, black people. So we're going to dip. And they kept dipping out. They lived in cities and they left the cities and now they come back. All that stuff. This is, we're still living it. We're still living gentrification. We're still living all the replications of like all the things that happened then. Um, so I'm glad that the show gave us, the, gave us that. They gave us that conversational piece. Um, and it reminded me of like the fact that, and I think we talked about this on the pod before about there's some things that you just, I learned some of the stories and uh, because I attended the HBCU. So we got grounded in black history in ways that I would not have gotten elsewhere. And I feel, I'm glad the show is helping us like tap into that because not everyone has an HBCU experience where they have to learn all the black history. Uh, like you, a lot of this black history, I did not learn until I was at uh, Howard University, uh, but until I was in school, it never was centered. And and like Karen mentioned, like uh, other part, like I really want people to stop pretending like they knew all this information before, because it's not it's, it's, it's not really until generally recently that now it's become a thing. You have social media and you now are connected to people who have studied this for years and are able to educate you. And then, of course, you have you're starting to have shows like Lovecraft and even as as Rodimus mentioned, uh, so, uh, I called you Rodimus. I called you by your handle. But as Rod mentioned, uh, <laughs> as Rod mentioned, like Watchmen, like Watchmen it, Tulsa, like that yeah. is a huge one that I, I like literally had no understanding that that happened until I was in college. So you have all these years of being indoctrinated of what American history is, and now you're finally given this this view of well, this actually happened. <laughs> you know, it's, it's also weird to be like, I'm tired of it already. You know what I mean? I'm like, we just got here. We literally just got here. Yeah. No, I'm not tired. Just, just give it to me. Put it in my veins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, um, <clears throat> the one thing I do want to say is that I, the reason why I love this show so much is that it, it has every element that I love in it. You got a cosmic horror sci-fi based in Jim Crow South. And every aspect of that history is told very subtle through the narrative of the characters. So mm-hmm. think about like in, two, in 2020, what we're living in now versus what people are going to see historically in about another 40 or 50 years. What we saw just 360, just living in this environment, what we're seeing is just a way of life. Mm-hmm. To historians in the future, this is gonna, they're going to have the same discussion that we're having now. And I think that's what's very important to have All of those things, even taking a concept like Lovecraft. Now, we're talking about H.P. Lovecraft, along with a lot of people from those times, like Nikola Tesla and everything, who were very heavily into eugenics. That was an ideal in those times. It was just like, yo, you going to that eugenics meeting? Yeah, we're going to go and sit down and talk about how how better we are genetically than everybody else. It was just those times. So it's like you take a concept like that, turn it on its head and Mm -hmm. have a narrative of what H.P. Lovecraft didn't really create cosmic horror. He just coined the phrase. Okay. But you're taking the fear of the unknown from an external 
universal force and telling that story with, in, under the guise of black folks. And then laying in, just laying in certain little things. James Baldwin, you have uh, Sun Ra, Gil Scott Heron, and you just, just this is mm-hmm. how they lived back then. It was just a thing. It was just part of their lives. And I think that's the most brilliant thing about the way they portrayed um, the storytelling for the whole, the whole series. Let me add that H.P. Lovecraft was above and beyond the racism of his yeah. time. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. And, and it, it's also amazing, and this is something I pointed out now, like when you type in Lovecraft now into mm-hmm. Google search, Lovecraft Country becomes your first result. Yeah. So it's like that alone is epic because it just instantly removed this dude, you know, and lowered him because he doesn't even deserve half the credit that he even gets for even yeah. coining the fucking phrase when it's based in nothing but racism and just disgusting everything else. So. Yeah, I remember when uh, the black guy who tells replaced the black guy in Hey Arnold. Yeah, uh, that was a Google. good day. Big day for us. <laughs> Big day. Big day. I feel you, fam. I feel you. I, I remember when my shit stopped saying DJ Ben I mean jail, and that was a big day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see. Yes. <laughs> yes, ain't nothing like a good Google search. <laughs> <laughs> oh. like and and we have to understand that, that that's part of that's on purpose, right? Like let's let's start for all of these pieces of history that are being swept under the rug. For for all of these people who really, as Ben I mean said, shouldn't be having all that clout and shouldn't be having all that visibility. Let's replace it with something better. Let's give you an alternative this, so you can interrogate who Lovecraft is, what those stories were about, but also interrogate your thoughts about what black people can be involved in, what are they the stories that we tell and 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 the characters that are in there. Uh speaking of characters, um I, I do have a question for all of you. Uh we say this on the Safe Negro podcast where we ask each other all the time, who's more trash? Atticus, Montrose, or George? Montrose, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to be the first one to say Yeah, that, no, well, I was going to say that's a question. That's what my face was like. <laughs> that's the question. Now, now, obviously, there are there are nuances to, to the different characters. Like, yes, we know all the backstory between Montrose and everything he's gone through when he's grown up. Same with Atticus and George. But what we've come to see that each of these men have their ways of um, bringing a lot of trash into the lives of the people that they, they so-called care about. Um, we see it with Atticus, with the, or the Jesus of the series, um, the way that he treats Gia, um, even the way that he treats Letty. Uh, Montrose, yes, he's been through lots of things, but the way that he treats Sammy, for example, is horrible. And of course, George, who's everybody's favorite, he was also, if you watch the I Am episode with Hippolyta, he was also responsible, or in her eyes, like she allowed her, she, excuse me, he allowed her to, to shrink, if you will. So this is something we talk about, and, and that's why I brought it up. It's something we talk about on, on the podcast I don't in, think in a jokey term, but we do talk about that. I don't even think that's George's worst sin. That is not. Dude, that dude's son was getting abused and coming in his house every day <laughs> to escape his <laughs> fake daddy. Like that's that's the that's the <laughs> yeah, and I and I didn't want to go there until, but thank you for bringing it up. Anyway, I can't I can't pick. It's like we just let that part slide. We just let that part slide. Um, but like like that means Tick was just gonna show up to the funeral and like a whole other family was gonna be there. He don't. George George was dirty on the low, man. I'm so hurt by these dudes. <laughs> And and, oh, and again, I want to be clear. We I, we call them trash as a joke, but yes, everyone's yeah. complex. But take murdering innocent nurses. <laughs> they, they've been doing some trash things. 
George didn't even like, did um, Hippolyta even know that Tick could possibly even George? Like we never got there. We never found out if like, did they share that with her? So George has been sitting there this whole time, looking at her in her face, letting her freaking, letting his Oh no, no, I think she knows. I, that's I mean, why she no, was so angry suspect, all the time. But no, but she said, <laughs> no one ever like She was like, he acting real George like over here. Right. <laughs> and like, and also like, exactly, it wasn't like and in the house, when he was staying there, yeah, when he was staying there, also, she's been to Earth 457. She now knows. Now but, she knows. I think she would know. But like, <laughs> but that earlier, intuition, would... that intuition, even yeah. when he was oh. in the house, she was like, I'm going to need you. Even when he was, even before George died, she was like, I'm going to need you to stop telling me what I'm going to do with my car. Like, my husband is one thing, but like, I think she yeah. knew. I think there was some part of her that was like, you know, or I, at least yeah. the favoritism. Yeah, I think she definitely suspected it. And I think especially when he died, she felt more like, this is just one more thing I'm being lied to about. And so she was very, that's why she was like extra pressed, I think. Um, but yeah, she definitely, she definitely harbored some kind of like, not resentment, because I think she obviously loved it. But like, she definitely had a sense of like, they was on some messy mess over there. But you know what? I'm a Christian woman. I'm <laughs> keep it cute. But I definitely felt like she, you know what I mean? Like you could tell that, like she was, you know, I mean, low key. I knew Alice is a wonderful actress. She was like, Doing that simmer, you know the thing like when you're in the grocery store acting the fool, and your mom just got that face. You go, like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna get my ass beat. Low she was doing that for like a whole episode, like just maintaining. Low, I'm like, she low knows. key in episode ten when Tick was on the cross. Hippolyta ain't seen that press, dog. Go rewind it. <laughs> not go rewind it, y'all. I'm not, I'm not even uninvested. Rod, I said that. Rod, I said that. She was checked out. She was like, whatever happens, man. Like she didn't get like. She was like, don't get my turn. Don't get my trouble. Yeah, but also Pete Pippolite in that fight, though. In that oh, fight yeah, in the I tunnel, mean, everybody yeah. else was like, you know, catching licks and she was taking <laughs> yeah, them I mean, out. I mean, she if was you've been to like out. If you've been to like four hundred thousand different universes, you are gonna pick up a few things here. Right. And there. I mean, like she we saw like... her learn how to fight, and she was like <laughs> fighting against like white people. That was like <laughs> who was she was fighting. George is George is laying there. George is laying out on the ground, and she's like, "Get the fuck up!" Like, what is that? Now we all know we all know in that one episode, you know, in the I am episode where they had that little segment when she was explore exploring with Joe with George. We all know that when there was a hostile alien who took care of. This is facts. This is facts. And and it was all Hippolyta. I, I'm curious, is is her just it's because she's just on for those who read comments on a brainiac level, like she knows everything or almost everything now. Is that why she's like niggas die every day, B? Like, is that why she was all very like I, <laughs> you know, much. I, I, absolutely? I, I, I think so, yes, yes, because she had already told DD, I know I left you, I know I fucked up, I came back, you know. You gonna have to get over your little feelings, time and nothing but a construct. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why she looked at this nigga like, okay. In 15 minutes, this shit ain't gonna matter. <laughs> and I think it's also because she knew that there was like, she she could like, there's a tangible place to go. Like, I know for a fact that I can leave all this little fuckery going on here and I can go over here. I can take you with me. So we ain't gotta worry about this little, this little petty racism shit. We ain't gotta worry about this little sexism shit because over on planet 277, <laughs> it's popping over there. Like, I feel like she just, once you've seen all the possibilities, like, we're, this is just a place, and I can leave this place, and I can leave all these, like, little yeah. petty things. So I felt like she was just not, 
again, she was just checked out of it. Like, I care about my family in a different way. Like, I don't want nothing to happen to y'all, but like, I can also escape from like, yeah, yeah, particular yeah. reality, and I'm not really yeah. that invested. Nicole, so. Nicole, you were so close. You should have said Planet Two Two Seven. Yes, so close, oh. so close. Oh, so almost close. there. It's, it's like home. <laughs> and you know what? The, the the running joke and um my theory, because like I said, I haven't read anything. And it was a running joke on our show. People would have been mad at me because I'd have been like, fuck them kids. I can do what I want to. Why do I got to go back and deal with racism, deal with sexism, deal with this fucked up country? I can be anybody I want to be. I can go anywhere I want to go. Why can't black women win sometimes and be like, you know what? Don't nothing else matter. You sound you know, like I agree. Right I, I don't have a kid. I don't have, I don't have kids. Your daughter is not really Your daughter is like, coming in the group. Okay. Your daughter, <laughs> your daughter is turning to a tree right now. She no, no, no. Candace Owens. She was chilling when she left. She turned into group. I'm sure we were Candace Owens on that bed. And I love that little black black girls are magic to me. Okay. I love I definitely was like okay but could it have been more powerful if she <laughs> saved? like but like also me loving diana i want her to be safe but also like like no i definitely was on the same page like i think that would have been this is not something they would have did with 10 episodes no i know that i know that, that, that <laughs> yeah, like, so if she would have made that choice they would need time to unpack that like <laughs> you on another what like so i feel like that would have been interesting can't go back for her kids but they can't they can't they can't because they still, like that just still came they wasn't gonna do it, but it would have been interesting if they had. <laughs> still came in the house like uh D sick. I was like, oh but my she god. Was, she did walk up in there like she was gone for 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh damn, she's sick yeah. already. Like you've been gone. I was like, she didn't even say oh, nothing about Emma, she didn't even say nothing about Emma Till dying. She was going, like, <laughs> she, didn't even know. she just popped up, like she literally, I'm assuming literally just popped in the room. Like the way she described it, she's like, Yeah, I thought about being a mom and I popped up here, and I'm like, okay. I just I mean, why she pop up so late? No, 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 hold up, hold up. Everybody knows she popped up on time. Everybody knows she popped up before Lancaster did all that mess. Why pop up after she already? She said, I want to be on stage. She was on stage. She popped up where she could learn how to be a warrior and learn how to be a warrior. But when she said, I want to be a mama, it was like, oh, I'll get there. No. no, Also, also, when she was a warrior, uh, also, Ben, when she was a warrior, she bounced right before everybody else got decimated. Facts. Again. Again. Like, oh, I'm done with this. I was thinking about that during that part. I was like, I can't believe she just like left right when everybody else was about to die. Like she gave them like a hype up speech, like, we got this, we gotta deal with this, we women, we strong. They're crying into their doom, and it's like, no, like it's but the thing I loved about Hippolyta being like choosing the way that she chose was like I think there's not a lot of times we see black women being mothers and we see them depicted on screen not sacrificing themselves for their children. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed the fact that she got to own being her own person after being like in a like marriage where her husband wasn't like she was holding her back from doing what she wanted to do. Being like tied to like having to watch over her daughter because her husband decided like him traveling was more important than her doing what she wanted to do. So I really enjoyed that she had a moment where she could just go like, I am is like one of my favorite episodes of the series because she really just got to be herself. And we don't really see a lot of like married, middle-aged women, black women, especially get to be themselves for a minute. Like we rarely see that in television. 
because she was kind of like me at a party. Like she would just dip out right before it's time to clean up in every situation. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna get one yes. more, I'm gonna go see a Beyonce concert, then I'm gonna get my daughter and, right and, after this. <laughs> That would have been me. You give me the power to go anywhere I want to go, but I live in my best life. I'd have been doing everything <laughs> underneath the sun. But oh I think she goodness. also knew she could go back. So I feel like she was like, oh, I'm a, obviously I'm going back today. And of course, I'm going back. But she like, I got the key, though. So she went yeah. back like 30 right back seconds out of before here. that. She took the long way around. Because she definitely yeah. like, picked up a equipment <laughs> and stuff. Like She was right. doing stuff. Like, she took she her time. Did, she went and did a whole then, I mean, shopping trip. <laughs> but I mean, what were you gonna say? I, I was just gonna say that I feel like you know a lot of like see a lot of people agree with her with you know her doing whatever she had to do at the time, but people are like you know just hating on poor Ruby because once again Ruby did not say I want to be white. She's Ruby, very clearly said I do Ruby, not want to be white. Ruby and, and Ruby did and Ruby wasn't like you know Ruby just wanted power and wanted to be uninterrupted yeah. and not stop. And like I said this on the show, fam, someone come around to me and be like, yo, you ain't got to deal with racism no more. You know, I might be like, shit, like, mm, you know, can I get that in the red? You know? <laughs> no. Well, that's a good question yes. to ask everybody here. If if a uh, uh, Christina or whomever walked up to you and said, look, bro, or look, ma'am, or whatever you want to go by, do you want to not experience racism anymore? Here's this potion will turn you to a white man and or woman. Would you take it? If you gave me the rest mm. of the magic, too. I need more than just that. No, I, I, this is just a potion. If you were in Ruby's shoes, would you have taken the potion? Well, yes, because be whiteness <laughs> is a hell of a drug, you know. And even if I don't do nothing but hit it one time, I yeah. <laughs> <the laughs> cocaine high that gets you addicted to it where you just don't care about nobody or no one but yourself. I just want to you know. be, I want right. to I mean, live out that Eddie Murphy SNL skit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like she doesn't get to choose it the first time. So the first time she right. experiences it, she's already white, right? So right. Like, Damn, they're not scared of me. The police helping me. What the hell is this? Right. Like, this what it's like. So she didn't have a, like, I don't think she would have consciously said, I want to turn to a white person. But because but she had experienced it first, she was like, wait, that's what it's like. But Nicole, Nicole made me go ahead and try this potion for the real. First like, the, <laughs> the first hit is free. The first hit is free. Yeah, but that's what it is. Like, I think, like, we watching the show, like, I wouldn't do that. But, like, the first time she you did it, you was already white. You was well, like, no, I don't know. This is my wife, right? But, no, the question is. I'm not going to get a job with it. That's what I'm not going to do. But, no, if you had the choice. Yeah, I ain't getting a job. No, I'm not going to force you to be white the first time around. I'm just saying, if you have the choice. Yeah. I'm taking it. Yeah, I'm gonna like, take yeah, it. yeah. Like, oh, See, gonna Nicole, right. Nicole said, Nicole said they're gonna take it. Okay, I would take it because, like, I mean, especially if I know I can always be myself. Because I'm like, if you think you're gonna change who I am, yeah, you're gonna change ever, back. No, you know, but if I know I can change back, get a little, little, you know, whatever, skin slopping off, that's fine. I'll deal with that because then while I'm white, I'm acting a damn fool, and I know I'm facts, and I'm gonna earn. <laughs> like, I'm gonna make sure we get our money's worth or whatever we do. No, but I'm, I'm like, just no, I would, I think just. Like, I'm disappointed that everybody wants to turn white and go party. Like, what is wrong with y'all? No, 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 no. You missed my show. I said, get rich. No, 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 no. Get all the weapons. Get all the medicine. Get all the stuff that we actually need. Oh, I ain't worried about y'all no more. I ain't worried about y'all no more. What are you talking about? Who is we? Y'all do that. Y'all get your own I'm committing robbery. Like, first of all, I'm choosing a person. That's black people problems. I, I ain't got those right. no a lot while I'm, while I'm in their body, right? Like you say, I'm not gonna pick old random Joe Bo down the street. I'm about to go like I'm coming for like 
Bill you Gates. Up to somebody. I'm coming for uh, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> right. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm getting ready to be clutching my pearls like, them Negroes over there? Yes. I'm about to be Jeff Bezos. Like, I'm about to be Jeff Man. Hey, I'm gonna make sure. Okay, Ben I mean say yes. Nicole said yes. Karima, I believe you say yes. You taking the potion? If I can turn back, yeah, I'll take it. Get some knowledge and get back. Yeah, I'll do it. Ty Regine, are you taking a potion? Uh, yeah, of course. I'm gonna do that. I, I, I'm gonna do that. I'm, I'm trying to get out there and be out there in the street. See what it's like to be. You know, see what it's like to be white. Take a little trip around. <laughs> check a little trip around the block. Make me some cash. Mm-hmm. You know, get into some places. I'm trying to see what they be talking about when we ain't around. Like, I'm trying to be nosy, you know? So, so, so no yeah, one's yeah. saying, no, 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 no. saying yes. I, I'll, I'll say, I'll say yes. No. I'll say yes. And I'm going to tell you what, no. what, will, what will happen. I'll get like Jason Bourne and I will fuck up a lot of other white people because I have access to a lot of shit to elites. I would do a That's lot of damage and, and just take down as much as I can. And as soon as I'm on the run, I turn back into me. I probably get picked, <laughs> I get picked up. I get picked up anyway because I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> Even though yeah, the description was a white man. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm fucking, I'm infiltrating the Proud Boys. I'm, yeah. infil- I'm infiltrating the GOP. That'd I'm, be a I'm, great I'm, episode, yeah, though. Oh, no. I'm fucking everything up from the inside. Yeah, let's do it. Now, wait, we do have a dissenting opinion. And unfortunately, we can't hear her. But Regine says no. Now, Regine, put it. I'm not sure what's going on with your mic, but put it in the chat why you said no. Uh, but, but in the meantime, I absolutely would take that. Now, what I told Ben, I mean, when we asked each other this question, is I would turn it to change it to a white man because I feel like that is the pinnacle of white. Oh yeah. Now, yeah, absolutely. Definitely no gonna doubt. be a guy. Definitely gonna no, be a no guy. No doubt, yeah. because white women do what they say. They don't even the, the men ain't gonna listen to the women. Now that was Christina's whole point. Yeah. I gotta be William because they ain't listening to me. I got powers already. They don't care. And when yeah. she was, and when um, Ruby was Dale, they still put her in the back of that police car and took her to that man and weren't listening to a damn thing she was saying. So you still had to live under patriarchy unless you picked a white man. But mm-hmm. if I yeah. picked a white man, I think I just would like go to the basketball court and just fuck these niggas up. They would never. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think I would get myself canceled because I, I I would probably be me. They'd be like, why is this white man calling everybody nigga like he know who we are? Like, no, sir, you can't say this word. This is our word. I will be, I will be so confused. Okay, Re- Regine chatted. She said no because don't trust a gift from an oppressor. Period. Uh, we over here spending their money, buying their iPhones and shit. I'll take their potion too. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom is a gift from the oppressor. Yeah, like, like come on, fam. I mean, I personally we, just wait, take we it all because... pay for HBO, which is owned <laughs> by the oppressor <laughs> to watch the show. Mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> produced by the oppressor. <laughs> it stands for her white box office. Yeah. <laughs> white white. So stupid. Oh, wait. Okay. Uh, I hope all of you all are enjoying yourselves. Um, we really appreciate everyone. Uh, we, there are polls going on. Oh, We're my God. You broke Chuck. I'm going to ask some questions to the audience <laughs> in a minute. Um, <laughs> Ron, you stupid. <laughs> I want to ask all of you, what are your thoughts between the relationship between Atticus and Letty? Because a lot of people are like, they especially for them to now be pregnant. It's just like, um, they didn't start on the most solid of terms. You know what, though? Low-key, um, 
I mean, Tick is gone. You know what I'm saying? He was yeah. he was a hobosexual. You know what I'm saying? My man was broke on the couch, no job, left the army, stayed in the crib. I mean, maybe the D was good. I, I'm assuming. I guess they so. had mad selfies before the <laughs> iPhone was invented. So maybe they was doing things. But I mean, he had a lot of problems. But I think overall, leaving her with a you know a more healthier Montrose, magic, you know, the book. Like, hopefully she in a better place to be able to raise George, uh, you know, sans kick. Uh, Dr. Hodgkins in the chat said, well, remember, Letty was broke, too. Oh. Yeah, she got that white woman, that gift from the oppressor and a house. So she came <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I actually, that was one of the things throughout the season. I was like, I, I know what y'all are doing, but I didn't care about it. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, I definitely was like, they gonna do it. But I am, I'm not invested in it. So obviously when they got pregnant, I'm like, now look, y'all just trying to make it extra dramatic for no reason. I don't know. For me, it was I would have, I kind of would have loved to have seen what happened. Like if he uh, survived, and now you got mm-hmm. Gia, and then she still got feelings. Her feelings are very still there, and like to have to navigate between those. Even though I don't think he could, he's smart, but I don't think he's smart in a way that he could like manage that situation. But yeah, I just felt like it was one of those things that like I could live without, but I also didn't like I wasn't against it. Um, mm-hmm. But I do also feel like in a way they kind of jump to like undying love real like not fast. But I think it's like a year. I think it takes time. But like it feels very much like, OK, you know, we got casual or whatever. It's like, I love him. I'm at school. You know, like, and I'm like, girl, I mean, I think crazy <laughs> hormones and whatnot. But you need to take, take it down. Because like you're doing a lot right now for this man and his man is. Y'all literally just was lying to each other. Not seven minutes ago, I think that. So like, it's one of the things where like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like y'all love each other, but I feel like y'all are in love with the idea of loving each other more so than actually being in love. And I think it was one of those things that like obviously they didn't have a lot of time to spend time on. Just like they knew he was gonna die. Like they yeah. knew, we knew. They kind of projected it. Yeah. Like he's probably gonna die. But um, but but what did y'all think about then Atticus and Gia then? I mean, if I had to choose the ship that I would have preferred the show to spend time on, I would have chosen them. I, to me, it's just, I felt like it would have been a more dynamic <laughs> like relationship to watch. I felt like him and uh, Lady were just more, like, it was the obvious kind of, like, of course, you're in this situation together, you're going to bond, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. going to fall in love because, like, who else can, like, share these experiences? But that also, be, like, gets old um, to me in general. I think I just overutilized in genre in general. Like, we both fought aliens who else has fought aliens like i mean i mean there are other things to bond on even the gia thing was kind of like trauma bonding too like it was uh, like all the relationships it was to be fair he didn't know because like she knew she's like this man out here murdering all my friends i mean she was just you know she told him "Mm, after she told him that he murdered her friend that's when they started the like relationship that's true i mean yeah but Wait, wait, wait. We're just ignore the fact that he was like, she's Naruto. Like, no, right. we're not going to do that. Yeah. Like, we I was, I, it was until she's like, I got nine tails. Right. That's here. a deal break. Um, I, I don't think it is. Especially when she <laughs> came up against the stuff that it came up against. Like, she just be out here. Like, if you ain't, if you ain't trying to, like, if you ain't having sex with her, you pretty much safe, right? Like, it's a, a very narrow window of people who are in danger. <laughs> like, I'm fine. I, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, to me, I don't know. That ain't I mean, there's a difference me. between like having starting a relationship based on trauma and then finding out the person you start a relationship comes from a realm of darkness. 
Yeah. And grows tentacles. So do you. It's, I'm it's saying. Like, not not like, realm of but no, he Tick didn't know this about his family line yet. No, 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 no. Fuck his family line. Tick is a realm of darkness. By himself. Man, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, let me speak. Well, with my man it. volunteered to go to a war. Yep. True. To escape his abusive father. Uh, no, I, I don't, nigga, he could have moved out of state. You want to kill people to escape? <laughs> <laughs> Your only option is to kill people to escape? Nigga. <laughs> Moved around the block. <laughs> yeah, the job. Listen, this is the 1950s. Like, he can't find you. Move out of Chicago. Move out of Chicago. But at the same else. time, Bruh, at the same this time, this man is a monster. Stay, you know, just, and I get that. And I get that. But think about the human consciousness and the way it goes. It's one thing to understand the darkness of the human soul. It's another thing to see a thing that you don't understand. And tentacles are coming out of her vagina. It's not. It Deal with it, bro. I mean, it'll be shocking, but it's like... still vagina. I mean, it, 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 it kind of mess you up. <laughs> it's still like... And it's one of those wow. things, though. Like, you... To me, it's like you had a relationship... I don't know about you, bro, but, you time. know. Like, I don't know, like, seeing somebody turn into... I don't know. I just feel like of the relationship... I'm, that, to me, was I'm the I'm going to deal with it. The, the more dynamic and the more, like... I'm sorry. I mean, Gia is fine. Gia is fine. I, mean, I just, I mean, she ain't like, fine, but not yeah. just that. Like, and I also think that, like, she actually, <laughs> in a way, sees him a lot more clearly than he sees himself. And then she sees him as worse. She's seen like, Letty life. has, <laughs> Letty is like shocked when he shows himself. Like, oh shit, you have to be violent. Like, you see who his daddy is, you know he could be violent, but she has to be confronted with it. Where she knew that off the bat and still. Granted, she came into that with a little different, like, she was going to murk. I mean, so, like, she also... Wait, like, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Gia is, Gia's dead. I don't understand why we're having this conversation. Gia is dead. That is a Kumio. The, the, that Kumio is learning how to What's be a, a human. Kumio? It is Dude, not capable of being in a relationship. All right, hold on. Let me say this, though. Have you ever had any, you know, that told you the future after you got up in it? <laughs> you, I, Shit! No, See, y'all, y'all, are, y'all are not understanding. <laughs> And it looks like Gia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like the being a monster Damn, part, with a literal monster being a Camille, to me, is semantic. <laughs> like, that doesn't change how they relate to each other. Like, even if they're more stimulated emotions, they feel real enough that they are in that relationship, right? Like, a lot of people have relationships with people that they are not in love with or that they don't. They're not real feelings, but y'all are going through the motions because y'all are like, this is what a relationship looks like. And like That's not good. 45, it's not, but people do it all the time, right? I'd be betting on the races and shit. If you like it, I love it. That's what you do with your powers. You bet on the races. Seriously? Oh, no, I no, I would be betting on the races after, you know, G.I. be telling me the future. So I'd be like, oh, word. All right. No, oh, I'm going to get stocks. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. All of that. All of that. All of that, fam. You know how I get down. I get all the money. You know. I don't know what Chick wanted. Like, he called, like, what's up? And she'd be like, I'm going to tell you. He's like, no, I don't want to hear this like, why did you keep calling her if you don't want to hear the damn story? And it was long distance you. in the 50s. Like, you know what the call, but the money on that yeah. got I know. I'm like, damn, that collect. Ooh, you, shit, you know, this is a question. Speaking wild. of collect calls, this is a question we had each other. We had asked each other on our podcast. How come every time Atticus called, Gia picked up? Like, there's no cell phones. Was she sitting she by knew the he was every call. time? No, I'm joking. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she might have thought she knew he was going to call, though. They might have just shown us the ones where she picked up. He might have yeah. been calling that girl all day. You know what I'm saying? Back. Like, once you go to really, you know what I'm saying? You don't really go back. Really 
it's what i like to call the time conundrum you know the same thing that was in game of thrones talking yeah. about yo i'm about to travel there a that's like miles. 300 some odd miles yes. and they're there in like 20 minutes like that's they had to, plus you know what she Gia had to wait for her mama to die because she probably was checking the phone all the time like Girl, <laughs> get off my phone <laughs> say, look, she was always, that's probably what she was doing also like i think she was always like in the middle of the night like when we had this little feeling and so like in daytime she probably just up you know making her little morning coffee or tea or whatever at the time so like it's not like he's calling her at 2 a.m her time it's, I'm mad Nicole has all the details of this Kumio's life worked right. out in her head. I'm just, I'm tripping right now. She's like, that's not what she did in the morning. This is, she was making her coffee. She was having a pastry. No. Sitting up in her room, laying on her belly on the bed, feet kicked up in the air. Oh my God. Tails out. Okay. We did ask. Tails out. We, we, oh Jesus. I love this group. This is the funniest Zoom call. Um, we did ask everyone listening uh, and watching who is the worst in terms of all the characters, or mainly most of the characters. And Montrose wins by and large fifty-two percent of the vote. What is the your worst? problem with Montrose? Wait, did you say the worst of? Are you just the worst? Just the black people. The worst of all. The oh yeah, characters. we didn't include Christina. Come on, we didn't okay, include okay, Christina. Like, no, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. The yeah. main black people. <laughs> Come on, we know that. The main yeah, black. Yeah, people. we good. We good. Yeah, uh, no, Montrose, 52%, followed by George, then Atticus, and then a small sliver for Ruby. Um, what's your problem with Montrose? I actually like, not like, that's a strong word. I actually, I feel defensive of Montrose. I feel like Montrose gets, like, he's obviously horrible, but, like, he also literally, like, he just has never had time to not, like, to process any amount of trauma. It's like, Tulsa, this person dying, that person dying. Like, it's mm-hmm. so much happening back to back to back to back. On top of the fact that we know that he was like abused by his father, like he has never had, to, like we know therapy, but people don't want to go to therapy now when we have all the tools. He was not even kind of thinking about that. On top of the fact that he was repressed and he's like, you know, in the closet, it's like so many levels. And people act like, I mean, we kind of lose our minds over just like normal everyday stressors. And you think about how that affects your behavior, how you act, like how irritable you get over something small. Now multiply that by like all of that trauma and think of like how are you gonna if you say anything to me and I'm always on a thousand, I'm gonna snap on you. Like you go get snapped on because that's just how we are as people. And I feel like people don't give him enough, like they don't give him enough grace knowing how much trauma he goes through. Now that is not an excuse because I mean everybody in that damn show has trauma. And then of course him and George would have came from a I mean, well, George didn't get it as bad, but like they still would have came from the same place. And they still had the same experiences. But that also affects why Montrose is the way he is because he had all those experiences with George on top of being like severely more, you know, like he was being by his father quite a bit mm-hmm. more. It seems like that they make it very clear like he just for the most part isn't getting it like 100% of the time and George maybe gets it ever so often like really, really bad. Um, do you, so it's do, like, does everyone think that just Montrose has just got a bad rap? Um, I mean, he I know, like, Montrose no. is... No. <laughs> All three of them is trash. The levels are trash. Like, the I mean, levels are trash. Her, that whole concept, and Michael Pitt, Kelly, said this on your podcast, hurt people hurt people. Yes. But one of the reasons... First of all, he is a brilliant actor. Because mm-hmm. right before, every time he would say something terrible or raise his hand to hurt somebody, he always had this look, especially with Tick. 
he always had this look of pain on his face. Like, mm-hmm. I am so scared for you. But the only way I can express that is through physical pain or saying something terrible or doing something terrible. And at the end of the day, he felt that he was trying to protect his family, even though he was jacked up about it. The man was drinking gasoline like he was a mess. But at, at, so he was never nine times out of 10. What's going on in his head was, was never really revealed. That doesn't make what he did good. And that doesn't make him. So my thing is, I can say Montrose is the most of the black characters, the most terrible person in the of the characters and still think that Michael K. Williams had, you know, gave an amazing performance. But the problem is, where does that trauma end? Even with the everybody had problems with him saying that D should be at the funeral. I'm sorry. Not. Yeah, no, that 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 um, she should be at the funeral Mm -hmm. and people like, oh, no, she shouldn't. It's too much for a kid at that time. And and this still happens to this day. I'm going to beat this into you so you understand what you're going to have to go through when you go out there. So when, so when does the cycle stop? Or should it? Should it just change in a different way? Because out there is still going to be them worse. So he is a tragic character, yes. But that doesn't mean the stuff that he did should be excused. Yeah, I think what, um, no, I he's, like, yeah. he's like gay Prince Zuko. You know what I mean? To me, because like, he clearly is how a- dare you insult Zuko like that? I'm yeah. like, now look. Y'all wait until you get to the end and we look back like we never hated that dude. I've we- never hated well, I mean okay. I did. All right, I did. Right. 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 I'm like five episodes in. No, 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 no. First, no, no, no. Every a lot of people hated Zuko first season. Absolutely. His arc didn't happen until the second season. I feel like with Montrose, they have a way they can go with this character that by the end, because they examined his pain, his motivations, why the trauma he experienced, and he did all this because he had this idea of being a man and and having a son, and he lost his son. And like the 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 way that he was over Tick's body as he's trying to bring him back to life, and you're just like, bro, it's not happening. Like there's lessons learned there. And then the letter that Tick leaves him that essentially says, "You have a second chance to be a father," because Which you definitely like, didn't do a good job with me. <laughs> so good luck. You know what I'm saying like here's. A- Here's your new son. Nicole, like, nah. I didn't like that. That That was my main point that I didn't like. I was like, I, whenever they were trying to bring a redemption arc to Montrose, I'm like, he didn't earn any redemption. Like, he had, he's gone through things. And I understand, like, I understand that. But he killed Yahima, who, like, did nothing. Like, that, like, he, why? He didn't even, like, get held accountable for it by anybody else. Like, like, um, what did Tick beat him up or whatever. And then that was like the end of it. No one brought him up later. No one like even brought it, like said anything to Montrose about killing somebody like in cold blood, not even like they were self-defense or anything, literally cold blood. And then whenever um, Tick out of nowhere is like happy to tell uh, Montrose, like you can be the father, like Montrose wasn't like he, he uh, couldn't be the father to you, but like, and he had the option to like, I don't like I've talked to different people who've had like abusive relationships with their parents. And if you choose to be different than your parent, then you be different than your parent. And you don't do that same thing again. And there's people who get caught up in a cycle, but you, he had a chance with Tick to not be that person, to be the father he wanted to be. And I don't see him like, yeah, he's going to be a grandfather. He's going to feel different about a grandkid. But I don't know, like, will Letty feel safe having her little kid around freaking Montrose? Like, do you, are you trying to tell Letty that she has to keep Montrose in this kid's life? Like, what does that even mean? 
Yeah, I would, I would yeah, let the Shoggoth babysit that baby before I would let my turn. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, and that was, I no. that's what I'm trying to say is like, even with uh, Prince Zuko, if you stop the season in season one and we never get a season two, then it's just fuck Zuko forever. Mm-hmm. But I think if this continues to have more I, seasons and this character continues to stick around, there is an opportunity for right. redemption. There's an opportunity to see him sacrifice and see him change. And this to me felt like the beginning of a chance for him to change, not a redemption. I wasn't saying he's been redeemed, just that there's an opportunity here if they choose to take it. No, I mean, I I just want to, oh, I'm sorry. I just want to go back on what Portia said. It it was, um, yeah, I think the problem that I had with Montrose is the fact that he had many opportunities to make amends. Like, yo, dude, I I have been trash to everybody for a minute, but I'm going to make amends. Especially that scene, I can't remember the, 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 the number of the episode where he was at the party. And he had that moment. He had that moment where he was actually happy for a second. And he actually embraced who he was. And then the next morning, what does he do? He goes and treats dude like trash. He and did I'm not like, deserve Sammy. Dude, yes, thank you. Whatsoever. And I'm like, dude, you had, and, and that is one example of the many of the ways that he had a chance to redeem himself and make amends. And he just never took it. In fact, Every decision he made because of the person that he had to hide and all the trauma that he had, he made the opposite decision. He made the op- everything that he said, okay, I'm going to do this to protect my son, but I'm going to go and hit, go ahead and kill uh, uh, the two-spirit girl. And I'm Yahima, like, Yahima. Yahima. And I'm like, come on, man. What are you doing? <clears throat> so it's like, every, that was the thing that really got me about that character. But those kind of characters are the characters that you, in real life, you're always going to have those people. And that's what made him like part of the story, an important part of the story, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So as yeah. much as I don't, as much as I don't agree with everything that he does, he is an interesting part of the story that needs to be there. Absolutely. And I think he, his internal logic makes sense. In yeah. his, like I can, I wouldn't do it. I, like I'm not wild like that, but like I can see how he got to those, all those choices, I can see where he's coming from. And I think that's a really important thing about the character. And that's why I think I, I'm like, I wouldn't do it. We wouldn't do it because we have sense. And like also like are healthy people for the most part. So like obviously, but I can also very easily see like in his mind how this makes sense. And so that's why I think I, I have so much like, uh, like a little bit of softness for him. But I also don't want him to be redeemed. Like when Tick is like, yeah, you could be the fuck. My child, like, if I was lucky, I would have ripped that, took that letter off the hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's run that part back. Let's run that. We're going to have to put that put that on well where you're going to have to work toward that because we're not, we're not doing that. But, like, like as a as a theme, I like the idea that at some point in the future, after he has unpacked yeah. some things, yeah, maybe when the child is old enough to be, like, fresh. But, like, as an infant, like, no, you're not. The formative years, I'm gonna have to keep. You gonna have to have supervised visits. <laughs> I'm gonna need D here with his arm just in case you get out of pocket. Like, no, it's not happening. But yeah, I still love him. But I also like, obviously, he's still horrible. I don't want to like make excuses for his behavior. But I also understand where he's coming from, and I think that's one of the really strong points of the writing was that they made it where pretty much anybody's like motivations are clear, even mm-hmm. if their actions are like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so we're coming down, we're winding down rather, and, and coming down the last few minutes of this Zoom. We do want to give a chance to everybody watching to ask your questions. 
Um, be it you may have a question for a particular person on this quote unquote panel, or you just have a general question you want to ask of everyone. Maybe it's something you want more clarity on. You can actually ask it in the chat. You want to use the text, or if you want to actually say it, just raise your hand. There should be a, a hand raise option in the chat box. I believe is in the chat box, but you can use that and then we'll be able to pick on you and, and, and do it that way. Uh, that being said, I just want to ask while everyone, while everyone, while the audience is getting their questions together, I want to ask the panel, uh, just what are your views for what's going to happen going forward? If there is in fact a season two, what would you like to see? I, I would like see, to see the oh. ghost of Yehima uh, haunt the fuck out of Montrose. Okay. I want Yahima to have actually been actually immortal. So like not didn't actually die. Like die. Yeah. You don't know she did. And then like we yeah. find out like three minutes later, she's mm -hmm. like popped out, it was like chilling. I do think she that end scene. But end take right. that end scene. If, if as a spirit, Letty's supposed to be able to bring through spirits. If Letty could was bringing through her own spirits and Yahima showed up and was able to put them in the fight along with the Kumio. You got a Korean, you've got a First Nations, you got black mm -hmm. people all fighting this white woman. Like that, that's what that was the missed opportunity for me yeah. in the finale. So that's why I was like, I'll bring do right by Yahima and let her just let them, sorry, haunt the yeah. crap out of Montrose and let Letty be the one to speak through. <laughs> yeah. Well, I while mean, D only... while D is off doing her Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur thing, right? Yeah, I, I feel like they should do a uh, if they're gonna come back. I feel like they should modernize, but not necessarily present day, maybe the eighties. Mm -hmm. But like, we're still in the world where white people have magic, and I want to know what that world looks like. I want to know yes. the world where black people have magic, white people don't have magic. Yes. But also not, not just that, but that they are active, actively like because at this moment, as far as we know. They are the only people that know that way. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. So how does that look when, how do you get that message out or how do you like share that with other black people? Um, or do you share? Yeah. It's like, so do you, are you now hoarding it for yourself? Do you teach other people or like, do you bring people to the fold? Do y'all make little communities? And I think having enough time, like a big enough jump into the future where like they have established that. So we don't have to like watch the, you don't want to watch a series of them just like going to communities like we have magic. <laughs> Like, well, also, so, <laughs> like, white, white people still possess all these books and shit. I want them to go take our shit back. You know what I mean? I want to see how they can subvert U.S. history because we know how history turned out. Yeah. Like, how would it be different if we were empowered? How would it be different? Like, when he said he went to the future and white people was rioting, and I was like, yes. I mean, technically, if you come to the from their point of view, like you from the present day, white people is right. But I mean, they don't want to wear masks. But I'm also curious if you're talking about like this. It's an interesting point you bring up, Rob, because you said that oh well, now that you have the power, you could potentially prevent certain things from happening or make life better. But wouldn't then Hippolyta be the time cop? Because she was very clear when they went back to Tulsa not to change a thing. So do you think she will allow them to then, knowing that what she knows, that she will allow them to start changing history? I think so because she said not to change anything that would stop them from saving D. Right. So it's like you can't change Tulsa and then y'all don't exist when you come back because yeah. then yeah. he don't exist. So uh, after that, man, hell, we changing everything. Yeah. White people and I feel like Hippolyta definitely left. I feel like Hippolyta and D are gone because like D has a robot arm in the 50s. Mm -hmm. like, and a blogger. You cannot. Yes. I'm still trying to figure out how they got him in the basement without anybody be like, you did this shit? But whatever. They're not going to try to figure out whatever. <laughs> I would definitely feel like I would have been in the window like No, because you know why? Because I think, I think, I think Letty got a hold of that men in black whistle that Christina yeah. had, and everybody doesn't remember. <laughs> I also, know, but I'm just like, 
We know the I know somebody got caught up and did not. And plus, we would have like tied the black show off to like a tree in the backyard and been feeding it like steaks and shit. Like, <laughs> like throwing it over the yeah, hill, like, thin the, hill. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like I just want to see a future where it's like they started doing things and they made changes, but not enough where we don't right. have anything to see. But yeah, like I definitely think Hippolyta and D are gone. I don't think they stayed on. Yeah, I, I want Ruby. Like, I want Ruby to be alive. I want all of them to come together like the. Avenger cast did for Chris Pratt when he got his feelings hurt <laughs> and save that black woman. We need her in this universe. I mean, yeah. I think they, again, all that would be if they jumped ahead, you would get all those characters but at different points in their life. And they might, I mean, you know, they got like vulnerability films and stuff, but they might still look exactly the same. Like they keep the same cast. Yep. Everybody looking good. Everybody fresh to death. And they could be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm 80, but yeah, I got this magic. And, like, and we don't have, it doesn't have to be explained. But they can make they it. They stop Ice Cube. You know what I'm saying? They can stop Kanye. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking of all these. We wouldn't even shows. get to the point where they would even be talking, though. Like, we wouldn't even have to. You know what I'm saying? We nipping this in the bud way back. Who? I don't know. I'm not going to but I'm telling like, you. Right, right, right after right my right. beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. That's it. <laughs> like, that's enough, Thank bro. You. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> we good. <laughs> yeah, but I just want them to be far enough in the future where like we can see tangible changes, but like not so far in the future like that they have to make an alternate universe because like obviously you're gonna know it's not what it mm-hmm. is. Whereas like in the 80s, it's like still fluid. Like, hmm, mm-hmm. what what about what what about that? But um yeah, I think they should if they're coming back, it should be a future, like a little bit further into the future, not like immediate picking up. Um then I think they should if they can, I mean they can like bring mm-hmm. back the, the cast is phenomenal. Like, there's, I have no, I can say nothing bad about the cast. Like, bring that everybody, except obviously Christina. Like, you can keep her just good old fashioned dead. We don't need magic. We don't need to bring her back. We, can, I'm sure there's another white person somewhere. If you must have one, um, you don't need Christina again. She hurt yeah, her. Yeah, but we yeah. don't need. A we Christina. had enough. We don't. Yeah. Need a, I, I, what if we're like it's bad black people that get magic? No. See, that's I what, what I. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. That's what I was. I feel like it's a chance, and you got to be out here like killing folks, like. Well, th- there were other. There's no reason why there shouldn't be, but there are other lodges. Like my other lodges with other people. Yeah. There's, there's no the, reason why right? there isn't a whole group of. I would love it if somebody rolled up from that was like from Africa. That was like mm. y'all are doing it wrong. Right. That would be. That's terrible. actually not how this works. The um, order we got makes us do this. I want to bring love in. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, oh, Portia, oh, and oh, I ask oh, the question. Oh, oh, I would love to see. Um, like Karama was talking about earlier about like the um voodoo and like seeing more mm-hmm. of like okay so they all got the book of Adam but that's the white man's magic let me tell you how this black magic is actually stronger and y'all yes. been playing by the wrong game let's the, like, y'all have the wrong playbook on your hands let's do better and we can yeah. start black magic schools like a HBCU Hogwarts <laughs> yes. like, I'm here for that I want to yes. see all that yes I, I want I want to see the wizard thug like you yeah, know I mean, you know how we got thug in real life we got wizards that out here thugging we will be so good at quitting well, it? Oh my gosh. Okay. I want to okay, get yeah. some of these audience questions and um, Kira raised their hand. I'm going to unmute them or ask them to unmute. Um, when, when you're ready, you can ask your question. Hi. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, well, thank you so much for doing this. This is really good. I've been loving all the discussions and stuff that we've been having, listening to Safe Negro podcast and Black Guy Who Tips. It's been really great. All of you guys, just this whole community thing that we get to geek out and nerd on. Um, so in our last bit of discussion, you guys kind of answered my question, but I guess I'll ask it in general so everyone in the chat and stuff can answer because I'm curious about your thoughts. Um, 
it's kind of a two-parter question. So do you think this is the last that we have seen of Christina? Just, and I asked this because I remember in the scene where Emma died and they had the funeral that Tick um, gave her that key to the, the magic time machine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's the last we've seen of her if she had a backup plan? And if no, who do you think the, antag- the antagonist would be in season two? Actually, Terry Crews. I'm not watching then. I can't. (laughs) I definitely think, I definitely think Christina is gone because just like her father, she had to remove the immortality spell in order to become, or remove remove the spell in order to get, become immortal. So she took the ring off. She took all that. So when that thing crushed her, when she snapped her neck, it was, that was when she came back to the double tap. She was like, there's literally no way you can regenerate if you don't have a head. So I think mm-hmm. she's gone. Actually, that's me. That I, I actually did want to, uh, and Kira, I'm going to answer your question, but I want to go back to something that Portia said before about like, you know, different versions of like black magic or not black magic, but like us black folks are magic. Yeah. And various African cultures, various Caribbean cultures and everything else. Personally, I'm interested in seeing what the next, next big bad is going to be in season two or going forward. Because if they're t- they bought the Shoggoth, which is a legendary Lovecraftian creature, mm-hmm. it originally called the Thing with a Thousand Eyes. So I want to see more elder gods and their magic mm-hmm. versus ours. Mm-hmm. That's what I would love to see. Yes, I want to see. I, I want to see something like you know Cthulhu versus Voodoo. Mm-hmm. Like that's <laughs> that's my. That's what I think. That should be the title of the first first episode of the second exactly. season. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I want to see more along. I want to see in, in, in this season, it felt like they took on aspects of Lovecraft and turned it on his head. I want to see us dismantle those elements of his entire cosmic horror universe. That would be dope. So. That'd be fire. Man, uh, I, I want Ruby to wake up and the first thing she says is like, I see you on light skin time, buddy. And then we can address, <laughs> we, we address everything. Everything full circle is over. Let's go. I want to see, um, I just, on the magic thought too, I also want to see um, with black, like black people's magic, I want to see more stuff about like the ancestors, like how Ty was saying earlier about like ancestral magic is a big yeah. thing with black people. And I want to see like, is Letty going to like, because for me, that this is one thing that was a sticking point with me and Letty being pregnant. For me, it felt like Letty being pregnant was a story point in order for her to have some a tie into the magic that mm-hmm. Atticus' family had, which annoyed me. I was like, I think this is just for her to be able to tap into it and right. meet his ancestors and stuff like that. Um, so I would love if Letty had instead had been a character who she got in touch with the um, the woman that her mother knew, and then she started learning that magic, and she and Tick headed off the end of the show with both Tick's magic and the voodoo, and they worked that out. Um, so I yeah. really want to see, like, going forward, like, are we going to see that woman again? Like, are we going to see um, different calling of the ancestors and how they interact with each other? Like, how do does Tick's ancestors who had that book of um, names and uh, this, what is the um, Order of Adam or whatever? Yeah, the, see yeah. that versus um, the, the Necronomicon, ancestral... the Necronomicon that she came back with because yeah. right. they just kind of showed up, book full of skin. She can talk to the dead, and then they left it. Episode two, I'm like, wait. Right. What in yeah. the evil dead? Where did it go? Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. I, I really thought Letty, I honestly thought that her 
that she was going to be mixed and that her like white <laughs> dad was going to be like magical and that was going to be kind of like I, like in my mind I'm like oh that's going to be crazy because she, she all like damn your family wild as hell and did she find out like her dad <laughs> family wild as hell right and to me I thought that was like somewhere they were going to go because they were so like not mysterious about it but I felt like it was like they othered her a lot like you know like Ruby yeah. othered her, her her brother like and it's obviously because she's just the way she is but like to me it felt like it was just an opportunity for them to show different elements so we do see it with Lancaster but like he just like in my mind, he's the same difference as Samuel. Like they both racist, they both get on earth, die, whatever. But like seeing somebody maybe perhaps be a little more like where racism isn't their prime directive. Because I feel like with like Lancaster, like I want to kill these Like I feel like that was his whole magical <laughs> focus, right? Like it's a, and even Samuel. Like I just want to escape Earth because all these black people. Like it's both <laughs> into me. Like all of these. Like, so I would like to have seen like another element of magic being utilized where like I'm racist, I'm white, but like I don't actually care enough about black people to be being using magic against white people. Yeah. And like I thought that would maybe be explored with Letty because I'm like, they like, who is her parent? And like they keep like I feel like they talk about her being not all the way in the family. Or you know, you know, like you're the half yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But like they don't really do nothing with it. So I was like, yeah, her dad out here casting spells, she gonna find out that she got worse magic or you know more magic than them like i really thought they were going to use that so so by the time we get to the end we got like two got different choose. types of magic and then like she would not have break white magic so she might have a different type of you know what i mean like but no, well, you. her, yeah, yeah. her being resurrected it would make magic. her being resurrected it would make a lot of sense also if she did have that power they did bring that up in season two and then find out that her father is yeah. not just uh, and he might not be he might not be white. Maybe he he's might not be white. also mixed. Maybe he's also, yeah. you know, mulatto or something like yeah, that. Be, yeah. And he is, or or Creole, he's got a bunch of things going on. And he's from a line, a priest. He's like, why do right. you think you could carry like 18, 18 dead people? Why do you think you could do that? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, like, or, like or, that. Even, or even think about like how powerful the, the Letty's mom's friend who came through and did the right. ceremony. Think yeah. about how powerful her magic was to the point where episodes one later, when, episode, that, when that episode. one... A uh, cop came through. The cop that was down with the order mm-hmm. yeah. couldn't even get through the door. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like that, she just, yeah. mom, that was her everyday man. That wasn't even yeah. her like. That was like, yeah, me. that's just just me being. That's me. just my that was like, like, yeah. That was <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like. I want to see more of them, like just yeah. showing that, like this is the magic we focus on in the first season, and this is very yeah. specifically about like the break white, but just like magic is everywhere. Every a lot of people have access to it. Well, now not the white people, so that'll be fun. But like. Even the different types of magic being utilized within black communities in the diaspora would be interesting to explore. So I kind of want them to not have a white uh, like antagonist. Like I want it to be monsters and other black people. You just want it to be a, two a, full, a full-blown world, definitely. Right. Yeah, like I want to like, because, you know, like again, voodoo is a different thing um, that they always evoke in like fantasy stuff. But like it's always treated very singularly in like a very specific way. But it's a whole kind of religious practice and it has its own like it's not, it's not bad. It's not evil, mm-hmm. but it's always treated mm-hmm. that way. So just to have a chance mm-hmm. for every type of magic to be explored as like the tool, but like yeah. the characters would be what make it like you know. I low key do. Room. I low key yeah. do kind of want like a tune black person though, man. Like I like, <laughs> I like to see like if they could just cast like Tom Cube, Dubois, like yeah. as the big bad in season two on Ice Cube. Like we gotta say, <laughs> we gotta say these white people. That's valid though. Mag- that's magic a valid. Is like, what about a black dude that's like magic for black men only? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I that's a valid. Yes. Wait, you yes. want? Wait, wait, wait. You want, you want a Doctor Umar? 
You want to die? Yes. Oh my yes. Give us a hotel. Amazing. Give us a hotel villain. I want it. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Never, I didn't hear for that. My magic is from Egypt. Let's do this. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, you're not even from Egypt. You. Got you. No. All right. Let me get in this one last question from the audience before we wrap. Um, this one comes from Quiet Stormborn. They write, have you heard the idea where in the second season, Atticus wakes up on the bus and it was all a dream? No. No, that's terrible. Sorry. I haven't heard it, but I've heard, heard it. it but no. I sound like I sound like DJ. <laughs> I sound like Venom Me whenever someone have a bad a- AKA. <laughs> <laughs> no, hell no. No. No, no, no. No, that's no. not. That's like that. That's that's, that's cop a, out. They did that in that Dallas, and that's like one of the worst. Yeah. it's known as one of the worst cop outs in history, like on no. television. No, you I don't can't like do that because you've done all this with these characters, and you can't just invalidate all that. And that's especially, when, worst especially DSX in a show like could this, ever do. Yeah. right? Yeah, especially in a show like this where they actually like went into real traumatic, real life events. Like that yeah. kind of be a mockery of all that. Like you, oh, yeah. you went and visited well, Tila, you went and visited Tulsa, and then you like. Like, why would I even dream about some shit like that? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, too much. Like, to me, no. Like, there could be ass dream, boy. There could be a point. I, I mean, I'm okay with the idea. Like, there's a point where, like, it stops being real reality and you are now living a dream. But, like, for the whole entire season to be a dream, it's like, that's boring. It's like, you saying none of this? It didn't happen. So, like, what? I think there are no. Person, <laughs> this person just wants to see Jonathan Major in Medium t shirts again. Yeah, I Yes, I, I, I get it. Put mediums in I the get nipples. it. <laughs> I, I like like that. You y'all know why I came. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you just want to see him standing there naked. You just want to see him stand there naked and cry. That's what you yeah. want. You cry every single episode. I have no problem. Oh, something. Some, I know we get ready to go soon, but something I would like to do, and I don't know if anybody would do this. Would like for them to just turn everybody black, so that the white people have to be black for the first time, so that you can pinpoint them out. When they start eating shit, talking about this too spicy, you start looking at them all crazy. What are you like, thinking? That's ketchup. Uh, milk. <laughs> milk. Hey, yo, is that mayo? Okay. Oh, my God. Like, we use Larry's seasoning. So, oh, no. What is this? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, we. This was fantastic. I just want to thank everyone for joining us. And thank you so much to the panel here. We had a blast. Before we go, I want to give everyone a chance to just share where everyone can find you um, or, or, you know, uh, site or or wherever you write for, whatever you want to say, you want to plug, please say it. I want to start with Regine, since Regine's mic wasn't working earlier. Is it working now? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at Lock It Down, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-W-N, also at Women in Comics NY on Twitter as well. And from there, you can find all the links. Thank you. Ty, what about you? Oh, right now I'm on a social media hiatus, so you can't find me on social media, but you can find uh, all the coverage and everything I do for Nerdist at Nerdist.com. If you search my name there, everything that I write comes up. Um, And then I try to keep some things up on my website too, which is also TyGooden.com. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, Rod and Karen, what about you two? You can find everything about us over at TheBlackOutWhoTips.com. Starting Monday, we will be exclusively on Spotify. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank y'all. Thank you. You just trying to get to these white people's money. To, yeah, we get, we get, we're getting the bag for the white tears dry we up. Take, we're taking the gift from the oppressor. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Okay, the Blur Girl, Karen Mahorn, please share your contact. You're on mute. They, uh, I thought it. Now you're wait. there. Now you're there. Tatiana and I are pressing buttons. 
Uh, what's up? Um, the blur girl. I'm basically the blur girl everywhere. T H E B L E R D G U R L. Um, you can go to blurgirl.com. I just put my stuff in the, the chat to see just about everything. My live show is on Twitch on the OSNYC channel every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. Um, please check it out. Please hang out. Please be in the comments. Um, and yeah, I'm just literally, there will be a discord coming soon because I'm, I'm, I'm moving from Twitter because I'm tired of the crazy and it's going to get worse before the election. So there's going to be a, a discord announced very shortly. Awesome. Awesome. Chuck, please let people know where they can find you. Oh man. Yeah. Um, I am, uh, I frequent Twitter and Instagram quite like a lot. So, um, at bounce underscore comic. You can read my webcomic on there and see new artwork that I post up um, on Twitter. You'll see me post up artwork as long as social commentary, whenever I feel like it. I'm also on Facebook, but Facebook is trash. And um, <laughs> you can find other comics that I've done on BounceTheComic.com. Excellent. Wait, baby, tell them about the book. Oh, yeah. Which one? That. The comic book. Oh, okay. All right. It's been announced. I'm working on a, on a graphic novel with... Um, Daniel Jose Older nice. and John Jennings um, called Bury the Day. Lead. And <laughs> I mean, I'm saying it's not done yet. So, <laughs> um, and it's, it's basically a horror, um, a horror supernatural story um, about death trying to find their daughter. And mm. that's basically wow. it. Based on well, that's all I can say. Yeah. Based and on African spiritualism. Yes. yes. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Uh, and also my fave, Nicole, please share where people can find you. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Queer Specimen. Um, and I pretty much link everything that I do on there, but I also just put it in the chat. Um, and I write at Den of Geek and just did a piece with Nerdist. So hopefully I'll be doing more writing around the nerddom. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. And of course, you have myself, Tatiana King, DJ Ben Amin, and Portia Patterson Hurst. We are the host of the Safe Negro podcast show and also part of For All Nerds, which talks about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. You can find us all over the interwebs at For All Nerds. You can also subscribe to us. Uh, We're on basically every podcast platform imaginable. Hit us up there. You can also, if you want some beautiful merch like the one Ben Amin has on for with our logo or even with the Now We Art Made by the Bouncer, hit up tpublic.com slash stores slash For All Nerds. And as always, please make sure you're hitting up everyone here that was on the panel because these are all phenomenal creators, phenomenal voices, and I want to make sure everyone is acquainted with them. So with that, thank you all. Have an amazing day. Thank you for joining us.